Warning! This episode contains foul language and some real chill California ghosts. Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with one of our friends and chat about something weird, from ghosts to goblins, witches to worms, and serial killers to Scientologists. This week is our second edition of Hometown Lore. Last time we talked about Michigan, and this week we're going to be bringing it to our current haunt, California. 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 That was kind of a uh, California dialect. My name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hey weirdos. And joining us this week is California native Rachel. Hello. Hello. Rachel Wild? Yes. Okay. last name. Uh, that is a very cool. You sound like a rock star. Rachel It's pretty great. Rachel Wild. You're like the least wild person I've ever met. Oh, trust me. It's actually been used as an insult before. Growing up, kids would be like, Rachel, you're so wild. And I'd be like, shut up. That is my name. Shut up. That's like my name. Rude. You're so rude. rude. Do you think that that was like just a cruel joke? Like the gods were like, we're going to make her... No, because it still feels pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I still like it a lot, Um, even though I'm calm, cool, and collected. (laughs) Um, You are from San Jose? Correct. Tell us about it. San Jose proper. San Jose proper. What's that like? Um, Bay Area is unique because it's super diverse. My boyfriend, Daniel, actually didn't realize that Silicon Valley, Bay Area, whatever you want to call it, was so diverse. He thought I was joking when I said that. I was like, no, literally. Like, no, it's really diverse. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're from Colorado. It's not that different. How do you not know that, like... That's true. Bay Area. I don't know. You don't act That's like... I, this is a compliment. You do not act like a person who spent their entire life in California. I agree. I guess I'll take that <laughs> It is. I've met a ton of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm from California. And I'm like, I know. I can tell. I can tell. I agree. Wait, what does that mean? I don't know. I, feel I like think it's more I'm like LA more like people. stuck up people. And not so much yeah. like, oh, I'm from San Jose. Like, right. oh, that's a real yeah. place. But when people are like born and raised in LA, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, San Jose is just a big, big suburb, basically. Yeah. It's kind of boring. How many people <laughs> went to high school with you? What was your graduating uh, class? It might have been like a somewhere between 12 and 1500 person school. So it was a big, it was a pretty big school. That was a whopper. Big, but not, like... Not huge. I mean, yeah. I've heard much bigger, but... I mean, you definitely find your groups of friends. So I was in the theater department, so yeah. you know most of the people. So That's it true. Really feel big, I guess. Yeah. My graduating class was, like, 200 people. So was mine. Like, we had the smallest high school, but we're so also I both think, from little farm towns. Yeah, we're, so. we're from the middle of nowhere. I'm pretty sure there were less people in my entire high school than there was in your graduating class. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> How do you even fit that many people in one building? Right? 
Did you, well, I guess you're from Northern California, so it does get cold there. Like, I was going to ask if you had to walk to classes outside ever, because that yeah. was, like, such an unknown thing to Yeah. Me. <laughs> I know. I would see it in movies where kids yeah. are walking in these Their hallways. Their lockers were outside. Like, what is this? <laughs> we had one building where the lockers were in it, and you would, it was inside. But no, we were walking to portables. Because there's so many schools, at least in the Bay Area growing up, where there weren't enough buildings. So there were always portables that you had class in. They had all walked to, like, the edge of campus. Interesting. Did you? California. San Jose. I have never been, actually. Do you have more seasons than Los Angeles? Yeah. What's winter like? No snow, though. No. Okay. I think that's happened, like, once every 30 years. (laughs) But it gets pretty cold. It's a freak accident. It snowed in L.A. one time in... Did it really? It was 2000... Uh, 2011, I want to say. Oh, like while we've been here? Yeah, while we oh. were here. Uh, I just remember I worked at Yummy. I worked at the grocery store. And uh, there's no windows. We're in, like in a warehouse with no windows. And one of the delivery drivers came running in and was like, it's snowing. And we literally dropped everything. Everyone went out in the street. I mean, everyone in L.A. was in the street. It was like there were probably 30 snowflakes. Right. And it then was it was over. Small. Like I mean, they didn't crazy, even collect though. on the ground, but it was an event. Like the cars were pulled over. Like it was crazy. That would happen in San Jose. Yeah. Too. It'd, It'd be, be just like a little surprise. sprinkle. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been frost on the windows in LA before. Yeah. I've seen that. Like where I've got like when Ashley and I used to do background work, sometimes your call times would be like 5 30 a.m. or 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And in you the winter time, it'd be like 30 so degrees like in the morning. In the morning. And, and I was, yeah, it's like still dark outside. There was frost on my window. I'm like, Illinois, have I come back to you? It was just weird. <laughs> there was one Christmas growing up where the pool froze over. That's and that crazy. was like crazy. That's a big deal. That is crazy. I can't but, like, imagine partially. having a pool open at that time of year yeah. to right. where it would freeze over. You know, yeah. exactly. It's always like pools closed in the winter. Yeah, that's pools how closed. I know my life. There's like concrete slabs over the pool. Good luck. You can't even look at it. Right. That's how Sorry cold it is. It. Yeah. I don't know what you've been doing. Um, <laughs> you don't. You don't know my life. <laughs> Anyways, hi guys. Hey. Uh, this is keep it weird. We skipped a week. We've been on hiatus. We have oh. been. It's and nice to be back. That's kind of silly. We skipped one week. And we're like, oh my god, a big vacation. It feels like so much longer it than does. one week. It feels like we've been gone for weeks. It feels weeks. like we've been gone for so long. Well, because we're so used to a weekly recording, it's like if you skip one week, it feels bizarre. But it'll be worth the wait. It will yes. be worth the wait. We have such a doozy today. We yeah. are talking about California. And all the creepy and weird things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same as Michigan. We're going to be going over the haunted locations. We're going to be going over the serial killers and monsters and some other weird, crazy shit. But before we get into that, um, I have a story. So I've been asking people, we were talking about the solar eclipse. And there were all these uh, reports all over saying there could be an uptick in supernatural and paranormal activity during the solar eclipse. Right. Uh, Because of this, that, and the other. We talked about it on an episode. I won't bore you with it again. But, so I've been looking out. I've been, like, looking online. I've been asking people, did you experience anything weird? Especially if you were in, like, the direct... The totality totality. totality area. There were supposed to be, like, some strange things that could happen. Uh, around, not just, like, in the three minutes that the eclipse mm-hmm, was happening, right. like, within a week of the eclipse. Mm-hmm. No reports, but something very strange happened to me, and I'm not 100% convinced that it had anything to do with the eclipse, but it is very <laughs> strange, and I wanted to share it. Saturday, last Saturday, Joe got home from work. 
around 11 or 11.30, and I was exhausted. That was the day I was sick all day. Right. Um, so I pretty much, he got home from work, I said goodnight, I went to bed, and he stayed up. So that night, I dreamt that I woke up, and he wasn't here. So I texted him, and I was like, hey, where are you? And he told me, oh, I went over to his old apartment, which is like three blocks away. He's like, I went over to the old place to play a video game with Chris. And, of course, I was pissed because I was like, I woke up. You weren't here. I was so scared. Anyways, it was a dream. But when I woke up, it was so real that I thought that it had happened. Mm -hmm. And I even checked my text messages. And that exchange didn't happen. So I knew, okay, that didn't happen. It was just a dream. But it was so real. So when he woke up, I asked him. I was like, did you leave after I went to sleep last night? And he was like, no, why? And I was like... I had this crazy dream, and it was so real. I had a dream that I woke up, and you weren't here because you had gone back to the old apartment to play some video game with Chris. And he was like, Ashley. And I was like, what? Like, I thought he was, like, mad that I was dream mad at him. You know, when he wake up, he's like, you in my dream. Um, he was like, Chris texted me yesterday and asked me to come over after work because he has a new VR game that he wants me to try out. And I almost went over there. And I had no idea about the text. I had no idea about the video game. Oh, weird. That's not the weirdest part. Mm. So Monday, we went out uh, and had drinks with uh, Joe's friend Colin, who also is really good friends with Chris and them. And I told him about the stream. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, no, what? He was like, Friday night, I had a dream that Chris asked me to come over and play video games. So I went over there and played video games. And then Saturday, he texted me and sent me a picture of Greg with the VR and was like, I have this new video game. You have to come over and play. And I was like, I had a dream that you asked me to come play video games last night. And I was like, what is going on? Like, That's weird. What a weird thing to, like, Ugh. dream about. Yeah. Like, what is happening? It was just very strange. That, that is. Like, we both had dreams about this video game at Chris's house. With no prior knowledge. You had it Friday game. night, too, or Saturday Saturday. Night. But that's still, like, what? I know. Excuse Did me? anybody dream about it Sunday night? Oh, man. <laughs> we need I to need ask, to ask one more I need person. to ask everybody. Well, it would have been weird if I dreamt it. <laughs> I had a dream that these strangers... Like, I don't know. This game. guy named Chris. I don't know who he is. <laughs> but, like, that's what's the bizarre. point of that? If that was, like, some sort of, like, prophetic, like, dream, like, why? Why? Why on earth? <laughs> What? Eclipse dreams. That's what we'll start calling it. It eclipse had to do with the eclipse. Dreams. <laughs> was the VR about like outer space? Oh, what no. a good question! I don't know what the VR game was. That'd be good to know. I know yeah, what nothing it had about to do it. with the moon. Yeah, and the the Joe was the like, "What the game? hell?" Joe <laughs> was like, "You dreamt of the alternate reality where I decided to go play video <laughs> games at Chris's house." Oh my God, like, we could go down the I alternate can't, reality rabbit I can't talk rabbit. about it. I can't talk We've about already it. all watched Coherence like 80 I'll times. I'll lose it. Is this a movie? Yeah. I know. Holy balls. Yes, I think it is. I have it on Netflix. It's on Shudder, and for it was free. on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon for like $2.99. Oh, okay. That's how I watched it. Because it's on this app called Shudder that you have to have it's a membership to, and you would absolutely hate that app because it's like horror movies. Rachel does not like horror movies. No, at all. <laughs> Uh, no. Disclaimer. <laughs> but she still agreed to come on the podcast, which I'm yeah. like, love you. That's a true friend, guys. That is a true friend. Like my own husband won't come on the podcast. Well, so. <laughs> it might just sound like la 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 la. 
have she might plug her ears during the murder section if you hear her get very very quiet for 20 full minutes it's because she actually passed out and we're too afraid to wake her (laughs) up i'm no longer in the room (laughs) or she left she's just pieced out she's gone goodbye thanks well thank you right now for coming on just in case you don't make it through the whole thing thank you so much for coming thanks for having me My little bit of Eclipse update, I just have a little corrections corner. Like, this was, like, also from a while ago, so like, this is long overdue. But I I think, like, three episodes ago, we were starting to talk about the Eclipse and how we, we were, were, like, excited. Pumped. And how, like, Southern Illinois and Nashville were two, like, very prime areas to view it in. And I was like, yeah. my bass player, John, is going to Nashville literally just to view the Eclipse. And he told me the next one's not for, like, 30 or 40 years. So he corrected me, <laughs> came to band practice and was like, nope. John went to Nashville to see his friends. Okay. Just for a so normal happened. friend trip, but then also the eclipse was happening. So he's a huge nerd and he works at SpaceX. Those things are true, but he did not go to Nashville just for eclipse viewing. So I had to correct that. And also the next eclipse that will be visible in only certain parts of North America, which I guess was like... Sort of true here, but I think there'll be slight less visibility in this case. will be in 2024, which actually is only in seven years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think we will see it at all. But I think they said mm-hmm. maybe Oregon, which again, I'm probably saying false things. I'll need to look that up. But there will be certain Stop areas. Stop telling lies. <laughs> there will be certain areas in North America that will see well, at I least a partial eclipse. Please check your farmer's almanacs. Yeah. Please review Please your farmer's almanac. Please review your farmer's and almanac for the truth and don't says. listen to me. The 2024 part is true. I just can't tell you which state. Also, you can keep your solar eclipse glasses. Glasses, yeah. Uh, and use them again, obviously. But there's also, I think it was called, I think it's called uh, Astronomers Without Borders or something like that. <laughs> Excuse it's, me? It, I mean, it's something like, it's, I'm, today it's probably also a lie as well, but... We like to lie on this There show. are other places in the world where people aren't as, uh, you mm. know, privileged as we are in the United States, and you can give your glasses to someone. You can mail them somewhere, oh. and they will provide people that can't buy them these glasses. They can That's see their own That's such a good clips. idea. Yeah. Oh, now I wish I had bought the glasses yeah. so that I could do that. I know, I didn't buy them either, and I wanted to look at the sun so bad! I luckily found really kind strangers on the beach, so I did get to look through them, and honestly, the view was insane, and I can't believe that was real. But, yeah, I went yeah, I saw a witch and a warlock. She saw a witch on the beach. It was, which, like, I had read leading up to the eclipse, and I think we might have even touched (coughs) on this, that there were, like, witch groups who were really excited about the eclipse because they, like, do certain rituals, but it was just funny that we had talked about it, and then I walked to the beach to view the eclipse, and, like, the first people I saw was a man and a woman dressed in all black. The woman was, like, very clearly a witch. The guy was in, like, armor and had a huge black cape on, and I was telling Ashley, he looked so cool. I wish I could have secretly taken video of him. He was standing and looking out at the ocean and the wind was catching his cape. It was just blowing behind him and he was staring out into the distance looking just so proud and epic. And I was like, man, how do I meet you? But then what I also thought he was going to cast a spell on me. on like Game of Thrones that happened to walk to the beach right. and you're like, it was a witch and a warlock, no doubt. Listen, they looked like they were about to do something, but you're absolutely right. They could have been filming a my, uh, <laughs> my boss, who's a holistic healer, she cleansed all of her crystals during the eclipse. Mm. That's a thing. So I don't know. I don't I mean. There's all kinds of little practices. How would you, you even can choose what you want to do during that time? Right? I know. I 
was at work. So I just sat in front of the computer. <laughs> so I really didn't do good anything. Time. I ran yeah. outside for a hot second. And then I d- didn't want to go outside because I didn't have glasses and I knew that I wouldn't be able to control myself. Right. No, did that's the thing is like. Thing? That's what I did. Like me and a couple of friends brought like, a like our little. Box? Yeah, we brought like our little projector maps out because mm-hmm. none of us had glasses. And we're like, we'll just turn our backs to the eclipse and do the map. But then, like I said, as soon as we got there, we saw people with their glasses on and we were like, let's just try. Let's just ask. And they ended up being the coolest people. And they're like, oh, my God, of course. Here, try them on. We were like, thank you. So then we ended up looking in the glasses like the whole time because we were so amazed. It looked really awesome. Nature's Yeah, cool. I've heard great things. I'm really happy that you got to experience that. <laughs> but hey, our view was nothing compared to Nashville. I have friends who live there and they're posting on Instagram and like on their Insta yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. It was pitch black. For I had three some minutes. friends. Yeah, I had some friends who were like actually out on a boat. Like they went out on a oh. boat for Ooh, the eclipse. That's fun. Um, and they said that when they were out there and the totality happened and it was pitch black. Like all the crickets came out, like they were so confused. So it wait, was literally wait, like nighttime. They yeah, they just started like all the crickets and the frogs started making their like nighttime noises. Right. They were like, "What's happening?" Like, wait, I, I was taking a nap. I, dark, yeah. Anyways, I was trying to sleep, but I, was I guess trying it's to night. Sleep, but oh. I guess it's night. I don't know what's happening. So, listener feedback for me. One thing, this was so funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's like the worst thing that's happened this year, but it's kind of funny. My, you already know about this. My sister and her husband were watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Saturday, and they're watching an episode in season one called Puppet Master about a ventriloquist dummy that comes to life and kills people. Great. And anyway, during the episode, they heard this loud boom and thought their house exploded, and then they smelled smoke, and after investigating, they found out their house had been struck by lightning. There's a huge hole in the roof, and it traveled down and went through their ceiling. And because uh, they were watching TV, the power went out because there's this huge storm. They live in uh, North Carolina. So okay. it's like, storm. I feel like it's always hurricane season. I feel no, like no, every time seriously. I talk to her, she's like, it's storming. <laughs> so there's a huge storm. Their power went out. Their power came back on. And then they heard the explosion, and the like, sparks came from the TV. And they were like, what's happening? And yeah, it got struck by lightning. During an episode about dolls, which my sister does not think is a coincidence. Yeah, I don't know if I do either. (laughs) Like, one of the creepiest freaking episodes about a doll, and then lightning strikes. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the power went out because the lightning from the sky was like, hell no. Like, get this episode (laughs) off your team. Do they have any dolls in this? They have a lot of pop figures. Those little, like, pop uh, Funko Pops. So maybe those. those will come to life. Oh, God. If I was... Like, either your sister or her husband, I would 100% move those around the house just to freak the other person out. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, well, they both listen to this, so yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, can't even be like, hey, hey, Jamie, hey, you guys should do it. Jamie? You should text Jamie and be like, listen to the episode first. Like, first. make sure don't, Corey don't doesn't listen to no, it. No, Corey, there's no episode this week. They canceled it. They canceled the show. Um, and then I have one more story. That was just a little thing. I thought it was crazy. I told her to play nuts. the lottery tonight for sure. Because yeah, it's like a one struck. in a billion chance that you get struck by lightning and their whole mm-hmm. house gets struck. Anyways. Mackenzie, who's written in before a couple times, had written us uh, about a week and a half ago. And she said, I had a crazy unexplained occurrence happen this year on July 16th. My boyfriend and I went to sleep at 11 p.m. at our, at our apartment. They live in St. Louis. Around midnight, we were both jolted awake by a deafening alarm going off in our apartment. 
I sat up first and was completely unable to speak or breathe as I clawed at my boyfriend's back to wake him the fuck up and help me fight whatever was surely breaking into our house. I remember holding my chest and wondering why I couldn't inhale. He was already rolling over and sat up. He looked at me and just mouthed at me while he also grabbed his chest and panicked. The alarm stopped as soon as we were both sitting upright and we both screamed as we started breathing again. I was even more horrified when he agreed with me that the alarm that we heard was not our security system or the smoke alarm. We still have not been able to figure out what the noise was or an explanation for our identical reactions. Ghost, demons, alien abduction, or simultaneous sleep paralysis. Who knows? Weird. Yeah. That's freaky. That's crazy. So I actually, I asked her if anything's happened since then, because mm-hmm. that's nuts. I even brought up, um, you know, exploding head syndrome. Do you know what that is? No. It's pretty rare, but, well... I actually don't know how rare it is. I just think it's not documented a lot. But in a lot of people that I've talked to, but a lot of people report that, like, especially when they're about to fall asleep, mm-hmm. they'll hear a loud noise in their head. Like, uh, some people describe it as, like, an alarm. Some people describe it as, like, a loud, like, boom, like an explosion. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's, like, symbols. And some people actually hear their name being shouted mm. right before they fall asleep. And it's actually, like, a syndrome. It's called exploding head syndrome. Nothing's actually neurologically, like, it's benign. It's not going to, like, hurt you. It's just very jarring, obviously, when you're right. falling asleep and you hear, like, Lauren! Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That would be what? horrifying. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they both heard it. Yeah, that's what's weird. They both that's couldn't so breathe. strange. They both, like, so she, she actually said she hasn't had anything happen since, but she's had two dreams since then. Uh, that were super vivid where she's gone into a similar fit in the dream, unable mm-hmm. to speak or breathe. And she thinks that she's just really stressed out and intrigued about it happening initially that she's reliving it subconsciously, like to try yeah. and solve what happened. Isn't yeah. that what your dreams are? I thought I... There's um... so many theories on what a dream is, but yeah, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Have you done an episode on that? Just last well, week. Well, we did. Well, two weeks we've ago. talked a little bit about dreams. We haven't gone full dream. We haven't had like episode. a dreams episode, but we talked about premonitions in our episode mm-hmm. two weeks ago. So dreams obviously gotcha. became a big part of that. We talked about that's a couple true. theories. Should give it a listen. Yeah. You could actually it's probably handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like she could handle that, that episode. Or anything. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you can do that one. Dream so that's kind of crazy. Count. I don't know if she. I asked her too. I was like, "Did you notice any like?" Uh, burns or scratches or marks on your body after you woke up because that's actually something that people have talked about when they say that they think that they've been abducted by aliens that they've woken up had this strange experience and had a mark or something on their no, body that they they've explore. been yeah that they've uh, been curious about and she said she's a uh, she does the aerial stuff do you know what I'm talking about yeah you can, like, with the silks yeah with the silks. I always wanted to do that I'm so also she was scared. like I always have burns oh, and bruises so right. she was like I if I did sense. I didn't notice so <laughs> I always think that because I am like my whole life has just always been I'm covered in bruises just because I'm clumsy and like don't know how to be yeah so I always think I'm like if I get abduct- abducted by aliens it'll be like oh yeah I do have a scratch on my leg but that's probably from when I ran into a table yesterday so like I will never no. Anyway, that was my side note. Hmm. That's a good side note. Thank you so much. Um, so that's all the listener feedback we have. We're gonna go straight into the episode because oh. there's no this weekend weird on the episodes anymore. Oh, cry me a river. 
But, but there's a silver lining. Silver lining <laughs> to every dark cloud. We're actually going to be doing This Week in Weird every week still. Uh, it's just going to be videos. Yay! You get to see our faces. We have the pictures. Yeah. We have to put, you know, we have to put mascara on every week now. So that's yep. kind of a dud. That was but. the first comment I said to <laughs> Ashley when she was like, what if we start doing our new segment on a YouTube video that we put online? And I was like, so what you're saying is I'm going to have to look presentable every week. Now. Yes. Yeah. It's a big step. Oh, it's yeah. a big deal. We're going to look what presentable for about two weeks. And then we're going to be like, actually, you over know what? It. I don't care. So we're just going to be a really dimly lit video. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be very <laughs> dim. We could film it in like the... By um, candlelight. By candlelight. Lighting. Or the camera that we bought also has night vision. So we'll just do night vision because you let's, can't tell. Let's do night vision all times. <laughs> all times. But yeah, That's so great. we're going to be doing uh, like 20 minute YouTube videos every week that are this week in weird stories. They're going to be accessible to everybody. So it's not going to be like the Patreon videos where it's only the people that donate to the show. Um, it's going to be, yeah, just uploaded on our YouTube page. And keep the we'll, weird page. It's easy to find. We'll keep you updated on when it's available. We got some good stories this week, but we're just not going to have it be a part of the episode anymore. Just a reason to follow us on social media and check our YouTube page yeah. and see what's up, guys. Okay. Now let's Unless it, like, goes horribly wrong, then we'll be oh. back to doing it on that. Why? Well, just saying, like, we don't it's know. True. It could go bad. It could be a disaster. <laughs> we haven't done That's, it before. It's we very haven't true. done it yet. We'll see. Anything could happen. Everything's up in the air, guys. It's been a really rough um, August. <laughs> Are you going like, to share? About I was it? like, do okay, you want to dive cool. in? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> pass. Just kidding. Hard, hard, hard pass on that. Pass. Um, uh, California. California. Is not the sunshine. It's not the sunshine state, is it? Is that Florida or is that us? What's the sunshine state? I don't. That's what I'm asking. Is I'm, it Florida or is it us? Asking. It's one I'll of the just two. just Google that. Yeah, please, please do. Let's see. It, ha- it has to be us or Florida, right? What if it's like... Georgia? <laughs> Georgia. They're like the peach. peach. Yeah. Ugh, not the movie. Not the movie. Oh, but it's oh, in but Florida. It takes place in Florida. Uh, it's Florda. Okay. So who are we? What's California? The Golden State. Golden State. That's it. You were very close. I was you so I failed miserably. Yeah. The Golden State. We'll edit all this out. Um, <laughs> California, the Golden State. <laughs> and we all live here currently. Rachel's from here, as uh-huh. we covered. So it just seems like the perfect place to For chat sure. about. Sure, there's uh, there's a lot of there's more oh, weird gosh. stuff happening here than I anticipated. Seriously, it's not the research old, was crazy. You know, when we did Michigan, it's much older part of the country. It's true. You know, if yeah. we did Massachusetts, it'd be like, well, no shit, that's yeah. haunted. Right, I mean? like. But yeah, LA's like, we've been history. here for 12 years and we tear everything down every four, so. <laughs> There's um, so much weird stuff here. <laughs> I'm going to start with the cryptids, the monsters Ooh. of California. There's not many, actually. Ooh. I was really disappointed. So, there's Bigfoot. Fine. We all know about Bigfoot. There's a Nessie. Ooh. Oh, um, there is? There is. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's a serpent that lives in the no one's ever seen it. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that Yeah, this is the Loch Ness like Monster. <laughs> We've all heard about this. But there are some weird ones. So have you guys heard of the Fresno Nightcrawlers? No. Oh, boy. No. We've also never been to Fresno. I've and never a- been to Fresno After this, either. I probably won't. Okay. Truly They're won't actually go. kind of adorable. I'm oh. not going to lie. So... Well. 
This strange phenomenon has been popping up in the Fresno, California area for over a century, supposedly. Mm. So they're these very small, strange creatures that walk along the streets at night. These beings, commonly referred to as the Fresno Nightcrawlers, consist of one pair of white legs and what looks like a very small head. So it's like two very long legs with a tiny little head on top. What? Um, for the most part, these creatures are believed to be species of a non-threatening extraterrestrial. There have been arguments that this is a spiritual phenomenon instead of an alien one, that these little guys are ghosts, but that wouldn't explain their strange shape because nothing that we know of looks like that has ever died and, you know, whatever. So, um, ghost of E.T. maybe? Like, that's the only explanation. They're very strange looking. So, it sounds very silly and they look even sillier. But a first-hand, enc- uh, a first-hand encounter has never really been reported, aside from multiple, like, we saw them once. It was mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one's ever been like, yeah, I saw them, I talked to them, I, yeah. you know, interacted with them. Um, but the Nightcrawlers have wandered onto security camera screens multiple times before. Um, for the longest time, they were regarded as a hoax, although no one was able to recreate the ph- phenomenon on their own. And the sci-fi channels Fact or Faked did a special analyzing the security footage, found and deduced that the footage is unaltered and appears to be genuine. Um, there was also a guy on YouTube, I saw someone like, this was debunked so long ago, check this video out. And I checked the video and the guy like supposedly recreated their movements and their, uh-huh. but it doesn't look the same. Like, yeah. if this is a hoax, I don't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know how it could be recreated. I'll show you guys the video later. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So the first footage surfaced in the 1990s. It's been a mystery ever since. The owner of the footage has never wanted much to do with it and has chosen to remain anonymous, which mm. also gives it a little bit of validity because totally. most of the time it's like, no, oh, I got this. I want to put my yeah. name out there. Yeah. And, yeah. Looking um, for attention. He, his first name was noted and like when he... he went on the sci-fi show. I don't know if they, like, blurred his face or whatever. So he has spoken about it. Like, it is an actual guy. It was his, like, um, driveway security camera for his house. But he just doesn't want to be known for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. I bet you would have, like, people coming to your house all the time. Yeah, what a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's very true. That would be obnoxious. Um, It literally looks like, so, basically in the video, the footage, two entities walk across the yard and through the frame of the Mm -hmm. camera. Um, Another, well, it literally looks like, it looks like two tiny pairs of white pants walk through the yard. Oh my gosh. It's very strange. These things are so bizarre. They're like this tall. They're like three feet tall, maybe. They're tiny little guys. Just legs and a head. Yeah. Another video was caught in, uh, on Yosemite National Park security camera in March of 2011. They placed the cameras hoping to identify a group of vandals who had been stealing and damaging private property, but instead they caught two pairs of pants. I mean, aliens <laughs> walking by the camera. It's very strange. It's so weird. Um, again, same idea to it. Entities walk across the frame. It's unclear how many of these things exist, but both videos show two separate figures. One's a little bit bigger than the other one. So maybe they travel in pairs? What if it's, it's like, a, like mom a mom and a, and a baby? Dad. Yeah. Oh. They're having <laughs> some I was like having, like, theories that it's like, 
that they either like live deep in the woods and they don't come out except for at night and it is a parent and a and sure. a I almost said sibling. Yeah, like a parent and a child like mm-hmm. going out to I don't know, explore. They've never con like tried to contact anyone. Right. They're just like going for a stroll. Yeah, their motives are completely unknown. And they have no ties to any other extraterrestrial phenomenon, so they're not accompanied by any flying saucers or lights in the sky or connections to any known case of alien abduction. So mm-hmm. no one knows what these things are. Regardless of rumors that the security footage could be a hoax, these sightings are not a recent development. Supposedly, the local Native American tribe insists that these creatures have been walking around for a long time. In their oral traditions, they have long had accounts of strange nocturnal creatures that have a small head with two relatively long legs <clears throat> and no arms or torso. Just imagining they, this in my head makes I me know. giggle. Like, what? They even made these large wooden statues as a sort of, they think, as sort of a peace offering to the entities to ensure a peaceful coexistence. They claim that the creatures inhabited the area long before man had settled there. So far, no one has been able to completely debunk the videos, and there's been some debate about where the wooden statues are actually located, so that's kind of iffy. Yeah, like I saw someone claim that they're from a campground in New Hampshire, so that would not be anything to do with these things. And one person said that uh, she knew a woman that got the photos from a woman in New Jersey, so the location of the actual wooden statues is questioned, which to me... Makes the claims that the Native American tribes in the area had those legends a little questionable as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, we're left with, like, is it an incredibly airtight hoax? Is it extraterrestrial? Is it, like, one of nature's mysteries? There was even a theory that it was fungus, that... It was a walking fungus. Pardon me. Like, I love the ways people try and make it. Yeah. They try to normalize it the yeah. best they can. Yeah. It's walking fungus. Of yeah. course, guys. Yeah. It's science. fungus that has, you it's know, science. it's evolution. And, and fungus now walks across the Fungus yard. wears white pants. If robots to take over? No. No. Yeah. It's fungus. Mushrooms. It's for sure. If I saw <laughs> a, mushroom, sure a mushroom. First of all, if I saw a mushroom walking, I would just... <laughs> giggle at first because I would think of that remember in Fantasia like with a little like dancing mushroom that's like my favorite scene it's adorable my gosh I would probably giggle as well or just start singing that song in my head or think someone put acid in my breakfast one of those yeah that Alex he loves put hallucinogenic drugs in my breakfast I love to have acid with my Wheaties. It's like a normal... It's the tap water we drink. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not drink tap water? No, actually. I love tap water. Oh, me too. So so do I. Clap. Good for you. (laughs) When people are like, don't drink tap water, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not a millionaire. How am I supposed to afford to not drink tap water every day of my life? And this article came out a couple of months Mm -hmm. ago that said California tap water is perfectly safe to drink. So Rachel and I both reposted the article and we're like, screw you, haters. I think I literally literally said suck it in my status update. It was really aggressive. We have gotten judged from our friend group many a time and we're like, we're fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's clean. Yeah. yeah. Alex drinks it too. So I'm like, this is great. We're never going to have a little purifier anything in our fridge. Sorry about no. I have a Brita, Brita filter, mm-hmm. but I haven't changed the filter ever. So it's just a... 
pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alex it's and I will sometimes put tap water in a pitcher, not even a Brita filter, like a lemonade pitcher, and just have cold. cold. Water. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, literally well, just to have same. cold. But what's funny about it is people will say, like, can I have water? And I'll get that pitcher out and pour it. And I think they think I'm, like, Ooh, giving them purified water. But I don't I don't suckers. lie. I just don't say anything. Like, here's your cold, refreshing water. You just drank tap! It's really yeah. great. <laughs> well, that conversation was... <laughs> Completely unnecessary. Um, <laughs> or the best part of the podcast. Um, so there's the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Very strange. I'll post some videos of those for you guys because they are so weird. And the only other one that I found that was interesting, the Dark Watchers. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a legend in California and other states across the United States actually uh, that has been around even before Native Americans. They are known as the Dark Watchers. And out here, it's from Avila? Avila Beach? Is that a thing? Sounds familiar. Okay. From Avila Beach through uh, San... How do you say it? San Luis Obispo? San Luis Obispo. Luis Obispo. Okay, That's good. like one of my favorite ones to say. I'm like, yeah, San Luis Obispo? It. I think like, it's so yeah. fun to say. And a lot of natives, natives, locals, I think, call it slow. Yeah, yeah that's what I usually do more. because that's one of those things where, like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm so wrong. I'm I'm worthless. Like, oh I God. can't. <laughs> you said um, it perfectly correct, but. Well, it's fine. I'll edit this out. So from Avila Beach through Slow and all the way up to Monterey runs the Santa Lucia Mountains. Uh, Lurking within these mountains are strange and mysterious dark watchers, is what they're called. Mm. They are apparently giant human-like phantoms that are only seen at twilight, standing silhouetted against the night sky along the ridges and peaks of the mountain range. When spotted, the beings are usually seen staring off into the open air of the mountains, Seemingly at nothing in particular before banishing into thin air. Vanishing? Vanishing, maybe? I think it's a V. Vanishing. Uh, <laughs> um, occasionally right before the spectator's eyes. No one knows who or what the Dark Watchers are, where they come from, or what their purpose is. Uh, the Chumash Indians first spoke of them in legends, and their cave painters drew them in their colorful wall drawings. Later, legendary author John Steinbeck described them in his short story called Flight. Hmm. Uh, I have a little excerpt here. Uh, Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the top of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his or her own business. Um, Also, in 1937, a poet, Robinson Jeffers, mentioned them in his poem, uh, the poem's called Such Counsels You Gave to Me, as uh, he described them as forms that look human but certainly are not human. It is unclear whether or not Jeffers or Steinbeck ever actually saw one of the Watchers themselves, but the local legend has been around long before they wrote about it. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it. Um, It's also very interesting to note that Steinbeck's son co-wrote a book called In Search of the Dark Watchers. He claimed that he saw them many times throughout his life. In the book, they write that the Romans actually coined the original term, and in ancient times, this spirit was envisioned as an actual creature, a guardian animal, uh, or a supernatural being such as an elf fairy or ghost. 
and that the legends have all been the same throughout time, throughout history. Okay. All they do is appear and watch and disappear. As far as any of the legends, folklores, and first account tales are concerned, no one has any more detailed contact with the Dark Watchers. So they've never, like, again, same with, like, the Nightcrawlers, they've never approached anyone. Yeah, they just kind of hang out. Yeah. There are hundreds and hundreds of people who have come forth in California, in California alone, because this is all over, to tell their story of the time that they saw these beings. Um, and as I said, they've been spotted not only all over this country, but there are legends of them all over the world. If you search for Dark, Wa- Dark Watchers in California online, you'll come up with a ton of articles. And in the comments of those articles are a ton of firsthand accounts. Uh, of the people that see them and they're all very basic stories you know like people saying that they they've they've seen the figures they've been almost 10 feet tall um and disappeared right before their and eyes human like forms yeah they they look like supposedly they look like very large men with hats like hats on uh-huh. um and what looks like a cloak of some kind or a cape of some kind some sort of like shroud interesting but you can tell um, you people can tell, can tell like, they're the not human. Yeah. Especially yeah. a hat like, would make it seem more human-like, too. Yeah. Right. To be wearing some sort yeah. of hat on their uh, head. This one is kind of crazy. Many, many years ago, this is from uh, Kickboy Face. That's the username? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, of Moreno Valley, California. This was in 2011. Uh, well, this is... 2011 is when he wrote it. I don't know what it was. Many, many years ago, I was with a friend driving through a dirt field here in Moreno Valley near Alessandro, the old east part, near what I believe were old abandoned barns that I had always heard were haunted when my friend's car broke down. Could have been a coincidence. It was a beat-up Volkswagen bug. We didn't think it was paranormal. We still don't. It was dusk at best, and there was no way we were going to make it out of the field before it was pitch black, and instead of chancing getting stupidly lost and or hurt in the dark, we decided to sleep in the car and set out in the morning to go get help to tow the car. Very... This is the age of cell phones, people. Yeah. I don't know. Come on. Well, actually, next line. It was way before the days of everyone having cell phones and quick help. Oh, Perfect. he so, posted this in 2011. Like, okay, I was like, who okay, yeah. didn't have what? a cell phone in 2011? Like, you fools. They're in your you pockets. You fools. Uh, but in 2011, if you remember, we all had Blackberries, and those were the worst. True. I hated they my never Blackberry. never worked. For a while, I had a Blackberry World. I don't know if you guys ever had one of those. They what were, like, that? the Blackberry. worst. It sounded like it was the coolest, because it was a Blackberry World, but you, like, couldn't even get on the internet, and there wasn't a camera, and it was like, who handed me this? So anyway, it was terrible. <laughs> Back to Kickboy Face's story. <laughs> yes. As we were killing time in the pitch black now, we were hanging out inside and outside of the car, uh, killing time, uh, telling stories, sharing smokes, and we started to distinctly see what looked like black shadows, evenly distributed, completely encircling us. They did not move. They stayed motionless but were of significant size, and based on the distance, I would say at least the size of a small car, like the bug we ourselves were in. Whatever these were seemed hunched over and perhaps kneeling. Time passed, they never moved, and though we walked around the car and got in, in and out of the car to see what we were seeing, if if what we were seeing was some sort of optical illusion, yet we couldn't explain or discredit what we were seeing, to this day it racks my brain. When the sun came out, they were gone. Whoa. 
<clears throat> she seems so chill about it. Yeah, I know, they're just, just like, watchers. They just kind of watch. Still, I would feel very freaked out by oh, that. Oh, the guy? Like, yeah, I feel yeah, like they, he seems like, so relaxed. I would like set the field on fire. Like, oh, we were oh, getting yeah, in well, and out of the car. Yeah, like, turn out they were real. The headlights are gonna die. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like screaming bloody murder. I wonder if they could because the car was dead. Oh, that's so true. I don't want. Oh, I don't know true. They, they didn't really have any options. Still work, don't they? Yeah, honk the horn. Uh, there's really no explanation. <laughs> I just imagine it was a VW bug. I yeah, imagine that the horn that's was what like, I Road running. Is this scary? <laughs> there's really no explanation of who the Dark Watchers could be, but if you check out the Wikipedia page, there are three explanations offered. One, that it's an illusion or a hallucination brought on by exhaustion or isolation. Which, this makes sense, I suppose, if you're traveling the mountainside on foot. Yeah. Right. Or maybe if you've been driving all day. But these figures are seen on, like, brisk late afternoon hikes by all kinds of people that live near there. So, then that theory not really buying that theory. Two, infrasound. So, infrasound, sometimes referred to as low-frequency sound, is sound that is lower in frequency mm-hmm. than 20 hertz or cycles per second. So the normal limit of human hearing. Wind can produce infrasound, and in these California cliffs and valleys, wind is usually a given. It's Mm -hmm. usually windy there. Infrasound can also cause feelings of uneasiness and anxiety in some people, and is frequently connected to paranormal sightings, which is a little bit more likely that Mm -hmm. it's actually a little bit of a hallucination brought on by this actual phenomenon that happens in hills and mountains. Right. Uh, and finally, that it's an optical illusion known as the broken or Brocken, sorry, the Brocken Spectre. Brocken Spectre, also known as Mountain Spectre, can occur in certain atmospheric conditions when the sun is at a particular angle. The subject's shadow can be cast onto a cloud bank around them, creating the illusion of a large shadowy human figure. Uh... Oh. Sure. Like, <laughs> I guess it could be shadows on the rocks that happen to look like humans. But, but that seems like a big so old specific. stretch. But yeah, also, what about the people? Around you? Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah, about the people exactly. also who have claimed to have looked up on a cliff and, and saw, saw the figure on the cliff? There would be no shadow. So I'm saying some of these the- so, theories. It's like no. Yeah, some of the theories are like, yeah, absolutely. Especially the people who said, like, oh, I was driving and I saw in the distance a man standing on a cliff. It was like a black shadow. That could have absolutely been some sort of shadow. Like, actual shadow of something. Right, but it doesn't explain the It doesn't explain, like, the hikers who see the figure from above or, like, the guys in in complete darkness that see them surrounding their car. That's true. In the dark. Yeah. So very strange. No one knows. Very bizarre. Um, you know, the, the Native American tribes have all spoken of them. Like I said, it's in like Roman legends as well. That they right, just kind of, nuts. they're almost like the oldest things on earth that just kind of watch. Right. They're not they're really, they don't out. interact at all. They just, I mean, the you know, the Native American legends were that you don't like interact with them. Yeah. It's best to just, just let them see do them, you thing. acknowledge them. Which, I mean, I completely agree. Like, leave Which, them like, alone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to interact Same with, with like, them. clowns in the woods. Like, just walk past. Like, yeah, don't, let's keep moving. Don't acknowledge you. Um, we'll talk about it later. To me, that's run the hell away. Yeah. Yes. Also, run the opposite direction. Yes, don't communicate with them and uh, sprint for your life. Clown didn't see me. Clown didn't see me. 
I do enjoy that both of the California cryptids you covered are just like they just hang out. They just kind of hang <laughs> Seems out. Like they just thing. really right. Like, that's it does so, seem very because so that's similar to some of the stuff I have. Yeah, too. it's very just like, like if you did I'm communicate yeah. with them, they'd be like, "Sup, bro." Yeah, <laughs> they're like supernatural, but they're just here to chill. It's like yeah. I just like, chill. I'm a Cali girl. The like hiking in the mountains yeah. and like just like be one with nature. Be one with nature and like go to the beach sometimes. Yeah. Meditate in the mountain. Never take the four hundred five. It's a very California way to live. Oh my gosh, I love it. Didn't you say something about blood albinos? <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Bloodthirsty albinos? Tell us more. I have to confess, I don't entirely know what blood means. I think it just might be like how it's, red their it's eyeballs. It's red stuff in... Oh. I don't know if it's actually like them being murderous. Like how your body works. <laughs> Let me tell you about blood. Let me tell you about blood. I don't know if it's so like the color red in of their eyes or, heart. or like just terrifying. Tell us um, about them. But there's, I don't think it's a super old <laughs> urban legend, but if you're from San Jose, okay, this is how widely known this urban legend is. Okay. You know when you joined Facebook when it first became available? Yeah. And you join all the groups yeah. that you can possibly associate yeah, yourself with? Of course. Yes, as many as possible. Yeah. yeah. One of them was, you know you're from San Jose. When? So I typed in albino into the search of this yesterday. Uh-huh. There are so many. Really? So many people who say, like, when you've gone up to Hicks Road, just find albinos. No way. It's a. It's just super commonly known. That's cool. Well, and That's horrifying. so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've seen stuff on... live up there? What's happening? Like, what I grew up hearing, it was never something that was super, like, I've seen this. I've never right. heard any firsthand accounts, but it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Um, and it's so Hicks Road is on the edge of San Jose. It's technically Los Gatos, and it's up against the mountains, and it runs through the forest. Oh, okay. And from I haven't actually been there myself because why would I do? Why would I do that? Who would do that to themselves? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's me. a narrow road, and all the stories that people do say about it is they just get like chased down by locals or like run off like people want to like get them out of the area and right. i think that's what actually is more creepy but like the story is like an albino farm or like this albino community that lives up there and they chase people what but there's zero there's like zero evidence of there's it. no photos there's no video no but there is what a creepy little legend there's this one really great picture that i found of this crossing sign. Oh my goodness. Somebody painted like over crossing the, and the human crossing the street. Somebody painted it white. Oh, oh my, my gosh. That's Albino actually really crossing. funny. So I guarantee what is actually happening is that there is probably a family up there who had a child or even just an adult man exactly. who happens to be albino, albino. that has, exactly. the, you know, albinism. And, is that what it's called? Albinism? Yeah. Maybe. I yeah. think it actually is. And he... Was spotted once, uh-huh. and now it's a family or community of albinos that chase people off. Right, that's what it's grown but into. Blood albinos is what I am. It's such more, a cr- like, I think, what's it's, I think it's like their eyeballs. Are oh, red. okay. They, like if you, but aren't they like Rapatio? Like your snake. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. albinos exactly. had red eyes. Anyway, is that not true? I don't no. think all of them do. Not okay. people. Okay. But there are animals, some. right? Aren't there like creatures Animals, that... yeah. If you look at like an albino yeah. mouse, 
They have red eyes. My albino snake mm-hmm. has red eyes. Yeah. Where is he? Oh, he's on so the there's a, some people made a really low budget film in 2009 called Hicks Road, and it's oh Blair Witch style, but on Hicks Road. How have we not seen this, Ashley? I don't know. I found the trailer and I had to stop it like five seconds in because I was too scared. You're too scared? Okay, so I'll watch it later okay. and I'll let you guys you know. You tell us okay. about it. looks it. like a movie that's okay. worth watching. I was like, that actually sounds fun, even if it's bad. Exactly. Um, the only thing that's ever really been recorded as violent going-ons in the area um, was a sex offender. I think he got out of jail and then... Knife to death, his ex-wife. Another oh. man in their last Gatos home. And that was in the Hicks Road area, and then so he escaped. And I think this article that I found, it says sex offender sought. Not sex offender caught. Ah, sought. So, oh, no. There's this whole, like, myth around the area, just like, that's where people run off to. And right. Because like, it's so mysterious. And, like, chase other people off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, God. But that's the one thing that's real. So that's been reported Weird. from that area, but... Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rod, but... Man. So, the rumor got started that it was an albino farm that... I don't know. I don't know if I made up the farm part. <laughs> I just really like, like farms. <laughs> or maybe I'm... Not or like a community or like yeah. a family yeah. or like a... Exactly. That live in the woods. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Whatever okay. you want to call it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a weird little legend uh-huh. <laughs> that Northern California has going on. It, at the end of the day, it's a place where teenager, teenagers go to scare themselves. Right. Yeah. It's like the place that's in every single town where it's exactly. like, if you park your car and put it in neutral, it'll roll uphill. How? Right. It's like, it's like and yeah. then you see little children hands on the yeah, back. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I have that whale. too. Uh-huh. It's, right. That's Everyone not has yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like one of those local legends. However, there was that local legend. I mean, that was how, you know, uh, uh, Cropsy started. That's true. There's this local legend about how, you know, Cropsy was the boogeyman. He lived in the woods in Staten Island and he took kids. And then it turns out. That's right. There was a mentally disturbed man. man Killing children. Right. You know what I mean? So. But then it got more blown out of proportion with the legend. But it's like there was a guy. No, there was a guy. He killed like. Yeah, you that's know, seven freaky. kids. Yeah, right. Anyways, yeah. speaking of killing kids, oh god, <laughs> my favorite part. Oh, We're gonna no, move no, on no. to Rachel's on. favorite topic, which is serial killers. I'm so sorry, Rachel. Um. Okay, so California a has a shit ton. For anyone who doesn't know, yeah. like it sucks that there have been so many murderers up and down the coast of California. But I um, also think that, um. Joe and I talked about this once, that California is a, a really easy place to kind of blend in. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, uh, serial killers, end up here. Like, totally. they're not necessarily from here, and they end up here. It's just an easy place to be weird and blend I was going to say, my first guy that I'm reading about is not from here, and he ended up coming here to, like finish what he wanted to do. Yeah, you can't be a a, a, seri- a successful serial killer for very long in, like, Centralia, mm-hmm. Illinois. Right. People are going to notice, California. but there's so many people here. Land of opportunity. Yeah. Land of opportunity. <laughs> the land the of opportunity. State. Murder is one of the opportunities yeah. here. It is. Um, so I'm doing some pretty famous ones. So listeners, you've probably heard of these, and I apologize if you're like, I know all the ins and outs of this already. But one of the most famous ones is Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night, Night Stalker. Stalker. 
Yes. Which, not to be confused with, there's also a guy with the title The Original Night Stalker, and I don't think they ever found the identity of that guy, but that's somebody else. So he was born in El Paso, Texas in 1960. Da 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 da. I don't need all of He should have stayed there. End of story. Yeah. And (laughs) he should have stayed there for the rest of his life. But, okay, so we've talked about this on the show before. Sometimes serial killers just, like, are killers and there's not a whole ton of explanation to how they got there. Mm. But some people you hear their story and you're literally like, of course you became a serial killer. Of course you became a psychopath. One of the biggest things is like if they get a bad head injury when they're little or if they're abused or if, I don't know, like just like something traumatic happens to them. If they start to exhibit signs of like they want to be violent towards animals. It's like all these telltale signs. So Richard Ramirez has a few of those. Um... First of all, while he was in his mother's body, she was inhaling chemical fumes at her job. She was working at a boot factory, and her body tried to reject the fetus that was growing inside of her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did end up having a successful pregnancy, but it was painful. It was awful. So many things were going wrong. And they said it's because of what she was inhaling at work. So it's already like, he's probably a little unhealthy at the start. At the age of two, he almost died when a dresser fell on him, and he suffered a concussion. Boom. There's your head injury. Growing up, he was quite a loner. Um, When he was in fifth grade, he discovered that he had epilepsy, and doctors said he would grow out of it, but this resulted in him being removed from his position as quarterback on the school's football team, so I think that had an effect of him taking him out of a social team situation, made him even more of a loner on his own. Yeah. Um, When he was in seventh grade, his grades began slipping, and he started huffing and sniffing glue. At the age of 10, he started spending nights at cemeteries and also smoking a lot of marijuana. When he was 12, his cousin Miguel returned from his second tour in Vietnam, and they started spending a lot of time together. He would show young Richard Ramirez photos of Vietnamese women that he had raped, tortured, and killed. What? And also taught him how to keep hidden and kill with stealth. So, hey, creepy. What is it? Uncle or cousin? It's his cousin. Um, so we already, he already is a little messed up in the head and like hanging out in cemeteries at night. And then he has this cousin that's like, sup, I raped and tortured some women. I'm going to teach you how to hide it from the public eye. So awesome. Great start. When Ramirez was 13, he witnessed Miguel shoot and kill his wife. And it affected him for the rest of his life. No shit. Shortly before that, he had begun burglarizing people's homes, committing petty theft, skipping school and becoming even more addicted to cannabis. During burglaries, he enjoyed walking around the homes and going through the residents' personal belongings. And we'll find out later in life that that was kind of his M.O. when murder came into play, was it was always part of a home invasion as well. Um, During a trip to Los Angeles to see his brother, Ruben, who was also a petty criminal, Ramirez was taught more about burglaries from him, and he started to perfect the craft. He returned to El Paso. He enrolled in high school, but dropped out after less than a year. The only subject he was doing well in was P.E., he began to hunt animals with his family, and if they were, and if his family wasn't available to go with him, he would go alone. He really enjoyed stabbing and gutting the animals, which was why he liked to do it alone. Um, he began to attend Jehovah's Witness meetings, and he became interested in Satan. And at age 15, he briefly held a job at the Holiday Inn, but he was fired after a few months for entering a woman's room and attempting to rape her. Because the couple was from out of state, they wanted to just get out of there as soon as possible and not even press charges. They were just like, get us the hell out of here. Um, So the charges were dropped. He's a little tip. Press fucking charges. Right? It's like, hey, if you had stopped him early in life. Yeah, maybe he would have killed so many people. 
to this oh, day. Like has oh my guilt. god! Well, she has to with that. Being that like, would be awful. I wish I had done something back then. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Uh, shortly after that, he turned eighteen and decided to move to Los Angeles permanently. As we said, land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. He knew he had to get there. During his first weeks in L.A., Maria, who Ramirez, essentially <laughs> lived as a transient. He made a substantial amount of money by selling marijuana that he had bought cheaply in El Paso and brought with him. And he would spend the money on food. Boy, have the tables turned (laughs) on the cannabis. I know, right? I know. I feel like in this article, it's so like, man, like he was addicted to weed and selling it. Now it's like, yeah, everyone here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's about to be dispensaries in 2018 for all of us to buy. Um, Anyway, so he brought the weed with him. This is in like the 60s, mind you, everybody. He made a habit, or I guess by this time it was 70s. He made a habit of stealing cars, spending a few days with them, and stealing anything valuable inside, and then ditching them days later. He started to become addicted to cocaine, which this was like the height of when cocaine was the jam. This was the summer of 78. Uh, One night in this summer, he found a lesbian woman who he was smoking PCP with. He bound her and raped her repeatedly. Um, This was kind of his first... Ascension Major. just from burglary yeah. and selling drugs. It was like, okay, I'm going to start seeing what I can do to some women. He became heavily involved in the Church of Satan. And then he also spent his first stint in prison around this time for auto theft, but was then released in 1983. His sister Ruth came to visit him and tried to convince Ramirez to come back to El Paso, but he turned her down. And on June 28, 1984, after snorting a shit ton of cocaine... Ramirez burglarized the home of 79-year-old Jenny Wilco, raped her, and stabbed her to death, which is his first murder. Very sad. She was almost 80 years old, this poor woman. On March 17th of the next year, he bought a revolver from a dealer and used it in the next of his several killings. Over the course of a little more than a year, Ramirez proceeded to kill 12 additional people, as well as rape and attempt to kill multiple others in different Californian cities. The media started to nickname him the Night Stalker because he was known for breaking into homes at night, burglarizing them, and usually killing whoever lived in them if they were there sleeping. On August 24th, 1985, Ramirez committed his last known murder, killing a man named William Carnes and raping his fiancée, but left her alive. She got a good look of both him and the orange Toyota he was driving, including its license plate, so get it, girl. On the morning of August 28th, the car was found outside a shopping center in Los Los Angeles County. Though Ramirez was always careful not to leave behind his fingerprints, this time he had forgotten to wipe them off the rearview mirror. The print made a match, and the Night Stalker Task Force released his name and picture to the media. It was, like, everywhere blasted on the news. Like, this guy is on the run. Like, we know who he is now. Keep watch. On August 31st, 1985, Ramirez tried to steal a Mustang, not noticing that the owner was under the car. When he heard the car start, the man got up and forcibly removed Ramirez from the car, which I'll, again, get it. Ramirez then ran across the street and tried to steal another car, but the driver had already called for help, and a neighbor heard the commotion and called the police as well. When Ramirez was recognized from the published mugshot, a large number of residents in the area banded together, I love this part, apprehended him and held him down until the police arrived and arrested him. Like, they all came together. His trial for 14 counts of murder and 31 other felony accounts didn't take long, of course, and included hundreds and hundreds of pieces of evidence against him. As it progressed, 
Unfortunately, Ramirez garnered several female fans who became utterly devoted to him, which is so gross. That is so weird. Um, so he, like, has this group, similar to Charles Manson, that are yeah. just kind of like, you're everything, I want to support you. But on October 3rd, 1989, the jury found him guilty and he was sentenced to death. On October 3rd, 1996, seven years to the day after he was found guilty, he married one of those female fans. Her name is Doreen Leoy. After a long relationship in which they wrote letters to each other back and forth, and she once stated that she would commit suicide if he were executed. They remained married until the year he died when they divorced. What? Like, why? <laughs> she didn't want to die. She's like, ah, she decided against it. Like, yeah. You know what, actually? I was young. I was weird. It's fine. It was a phase. <laughs> in 2009, Ramirez's DNA was linked to the 1984 murder of nine-year-old May Lung, which is so sad who was beaten, raped, and stabbed, though he was never charged of this killing while he was alive. Um, on June 7th, 2013, after spending more than half his life on death row, Ramirez died of liver failure in a hospital at the age of 53. Wait, he never got executed? Because he died. How long did it... Was he waiting to be executed? That always blows my mind. He, yeah, when did yeah, he get on, on death row? Especially when they're on death row for, yeah. like, a decade. It's insane. That's so weird. Um, Just kill me. Yeah, you know he was I mean? there for quite a long time. On October third, nineteen eighty nine, and then he died in twenty thirteen. Yeah, and he wasn't. He wasn't even executed. It was liver failure. That stuff happens all the time. I though. don't get that. And I don't know how the. I don't know enough about that system to know why that happens and how that works. But anyway, he's so gross and awful. But I guess like the silver lining of that story that I enjoy is that those people all came together. Came together, and together like, and they fuck were like, you, not dude. in our city. Yeah. Um, not yeah, he was also called the Night Stalker because he would he wouldn't just like pick a house and then go in. He would watch it for mm. like a week. Oh, really? And he would learn the patterns of the when people they were coming when they home. were coming home, yeah. when they would go to bed, what they would do before bed. So he mm-hmm. knew exactly the time to like break in, you know. And he would do. He was horrible. Like he would tie up husbands and wives and like mm-hmm. make the husband watch well he raped the wife he raped the wife and killed the wife and they killed the husband and it was just he was awful and for part of the time that he was committing the murders he stayed at the cecil hotel downtown oh yeah yeah i actually had that in my notes and i totally forgot to mention it because we me and ashley really wanted to stay at the cecil but it's, been it's closed, closed for like ever but yeah one of the craziest things is that Richard Ramirez mm-hmm. stayed there while he was like doing his killing sprees. Yes, and that was his known stay thing. Stay tuned he just, he because would steal we cars. are going to have like a whole episode on this fucking place once we yeah, can the stay there. We mention it all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of crazy people stayed there, but he was one of the most famous ones because that was his whole thing. Was he would just steal cars? He would either sleep in the car or sleep at a hotel, mm-hmm. and would just like get money from either drugs or stealing or whatever, and just kind of like hopped around, went up and down California. Mostly stayed around L.A., I think, but, yeah. And then the thing is, like, he would kill people in different ways all the time. So it wasn't even like they could yeah, trap him really and be like, an oh, yeah, like, oh, he, he always leaves this one thing. Like, the binding and the raping mm-hmm. was pretty standard and invading the home and stealing. But sometimes he would shoot and sometimes he would stab. So oh, and sometimes he would beat them over the Yeah, head. sometimes he'd beat them to death. I think of strangulation a couple yeah. times, too. It's like, it's, it's not it like, was like a sick, twisted, like, yeah. let me see what I can try next type thing. It's not like the it's wet horrible. bandits from Home Alone. <laughs> like, you can't figure out, like, where he's been because he left the faucet on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he doesn't have bandits. an MO. <laughs> I find it so weird that he didn't kill that one woman. Right. 
And it's like she got a good look at his face. And that was, it didn't really give a ton of detail. And maybe if I looked up that specific murder on like Wikipedia, Mm. it would tell me more. But it doesn't say why he left her alive. Like if maybe he thought she was dead. And then after he left, she was like, (gasps) but I don't know. It just kind of said, killed the husband, raped the wife, but then left her. So I was also not super diving into the murders because I, A, knew Rachel would (laughs) probably flip her shit. But also (laughs) I feel like the story itself is fascinating enough not to like go into every detail of his gruesome murders. Yeah, they were bad. I mean, yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Look up Richard Ramirez if you want to know the gory deeds of him. Sorry for the censorship. Yes, yeah, censorship, oh yeah, no. censorship, <laughs> Rachel censorship. Of you either. It's like bleep, I was bleep, like, bleep. Yeah. yeah, my favorite murder <laughs> and last podcast on the left. Do much more detailed accounts. Listen to those podcasts if you want. I actually have like four more, but I don't want to take up all the time, so I'm just gonna pick this one, which is pretty fascinating: the chicken coop murder. Chicken coop. I actually don't know much about these. They're I've pretty fascinating. Not, I guess fascinating is not the right word. It's, I mean, it's a good story. It's a gross, awful story, but <laughs> the notorious chicken coop murders of Wineville, California, which doesn't exist anymore. It's not now called Miraloma, which you guys may have I, heard yeah, of that name, Miraloma. Right. And part of the reason they renamed it is because of these because murders. Of and everyone was like, like, Wineville, the chicken coop murders. And they were like, oh, hell no. Oh, we, we have, have to, to rebrand, this. rebrand quick. Yes. And this is back in 1928. So this is some old school murder. Okay, so the notorious Wineville chicken coop murders remain etched in the memories of all involved. 1928, Southern California was experiencing an agricultural and entertainment business boom, helping Los Angeles grow. And it was amidst the back the backdrop, this backdrop that Hello. a series of disappearances in LA and Riverside counties would reveal the heinous crimes of Saskatchewan-born farmer Gordon Northcott. The brutality of his crimes mixed with the police department's corruption would shake the community to its core and lift the lid on the darker side of Los Angeles. So in 1926, 13-year-old Sanford Clark, oh, bless his heart, this poor kid, was taken from Canada to Wineville, California by his 21-year-old uncle, with his parents' permission. Um, Northcott is the uncle. Um, he brought Sanford, his nephew, to work on the chicken farm. That's what he told the family. He was like, I would love to have his help this summer, this Poor little 13-year-old kid. Unbeknownst to the family, Northcott desired far more than just the cheap labor. Sanford Clark was soon subjected to severe sexual abuse inflicted on him by both his uncle and his great-aunt, Sarah Louise. However, worse was yet to come because Northcott did not just have an appetite for his nephew, but for many other young children. On March 10, 1928, nine-year-old Walter Collins had gone to see a film at a theater near his home. His mother, Christine, noticed his absence later in the day, and went out looking for him. A neighbor saw Walter on the corner of Pasadena and North Avenue around 5 p.m., but beyond that, he had completely disappeared and out of sight. When Christine called police, they merely pointed out that 24 hours needed to pass before anything could be done, which I hate that rule. because yeah, It's not a rule anymore. Right, but yeah. it's like, oh, it's that no, sucked because five hours go by and you're panicking. Yeah, it's but it's, uh, yeah, that's not a rule anymore at all. That was changed around the time that they, that Amber Alerts became a thing. Oh. But that's only for kids. It's still a rule for adults, I'm pretty sure. No, nope. Really? You can, uh, you can report someone missing at any time. Oh, that's, I thought it's, it had to be 24 it's more hours. of a uh it's more of a something they use on like film and TV to make it a little bit more, I don't know, exciting. That's mm. not a rule. You can report someone someone could be missing for like an hour and you can report it. Okay. The only I still thing thought it is was for adults. if it was like 
you know, if they hadn't been missing for a full day, if you, if they'd just been no missing for a couple hours, yeah, they'd be like, you know, okay. well, could they be here? Could right. they be there? So They're not gonna, gonna like immediately send, send out, out all the troops, troops. Yeah. right? Whereas with but kids, there is no when the Amber Alert like started yeah. coming out, it's like as soon as that new law became a thing. It was like, oh, oh if a yeah. child is missing, under, go for it. If they're missing for 15 minutes, the cops will show up. But yeah. uh, there is no rule. Good okay. to know. Yeah, I if you call, they wouldn't adults, be like, you have to wait to 24 hours. Right. Yeah. Which I have always thought is silly, so yeah. that makes me really happy. But yeah, <laughs> I just like, as a mom, to be told, like, we're not going to do anything yet, and you're like, my child has been missing for half a day. Oh, I would go insane. Okay, so that child is Walter, or no, <laughs> yeah, Walter Collins is missing. Now on to another story. We'll come back to that, though. Two months later, on May 16th, brothers Nelson and Louis Winslow, ages 10 and 12, went missing near their Pomona home. In the coming days, their parents received odd letters claiming the boys were heading to Mexico to seek their fortune. Oddly, their scoutmaster also reported that they had run away to become cantaloupe farmers. Excuse me? What? All three. It sounds like a precious thing a child would say. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a farmers. farmer. <laughs> um, so both, both of these little boys, as we come to find out later, and Walter Collins had been picked up by Northcott to work on his farm. Clark, Sanford Clark, the nephew, would later describe how his uncle would tell each boy that their parents had been in an accident and he would send them to get their parents had been in an accident and they had sent Northcott to come get them. He was acting like, I'm going to be your new guardian because your parents have been in an accident. You're going to come stay on my farm. If the boys were uncomfortable about getting in the car with Northcott, the presence of young Clark sitting in the passenger seat was enough to put them at ease. So he was using his nephew as this little plant to be like, see, I'm safe. We're fine. After being put to work for several months and subjected, subjected to sexual abuse by Northcott, the boys would be shot or bludgeoned to death by Northcott or the mother, Sarah Louise. Meanwhile, the missing boys' families were forced to deal with the awful LAPD. They were so corrupt at this time. Chief of Police James Davis was under pressure to solve the case quickly, but the push to deflect attention from their own corruption scandals led police to make matters worse. In particular, they followed really bad tips and ignored actual connections that were right in front of them. For one, they focused on reports from a Glendale gas station attendant and another witness who claimed to have seen a dead boy in the back of a foreign couple's car. The pair had apparently stopped at the gas station to ask for directions before heading to the local police station and then speeding out of town. Although many others began calling in about a couple traveling cross-country with a captive boy, none led to any actual evidence, but they were like following that lead to the death. Authorities also focused on Walter Collins' father, who was serving time in Folsom State Prison for robbery. He believed that Walter had been killed as payback for his own reporting of infractions in the prison. As a result, police thoroughly searched the Lincoln Park Lake near where Walter Collins had gone missing, but they found no trace of the missing child. The main problem was that authorities did not connect Collins to the Winslow brothers at all, which that was their biggest mistake, mm. much less a third case where a Mexican boy's headless body was found near La Puente. Even worse, they failed to act on tips that a man was mistreating boys on his poultry farm, hello, including a complaint lodged to the local district attorney's office. People were saying that this was going on. Their incompetence set the stage for the events that followed and doomed Northcott's future captives. Walter's mother, Christine Collins, and this got made into a movie with Angelina yeah, Jolie called Changeling. The Changeling. Oh, that's what it was about? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Walter's mother was outraged by the lack of police attention to her son's case, and she brought public scrutiny down on the department. 
So when a boy came forward claiming to be the missing boy in August of that year, police jumped on the potential publicity. Although letters and photographs were ex- exchanged beforehand, Christine knew upon meeting him that the boy was not her son, obviously. Obviously. It's so crazy to me. However, Captain J.J. Jones had already created a publicity stunt with the public reunion, so he asked her to try the boy out. She was like, this can literally imagine, is not my can son. Can you imagine me like, oh, this, no, this isn't my son. I'd be like, eh, it's your son now. Like, also, where give him a chance. he come from? Well, there's a little bit on him, too. Three weeks later, she returned to Jones with dental records and signed witness statements that the child was not Walter Collins. To avoid further scandal, the captain threw Collins into L.A. County Psychiatric Ward under Code 12, a term used at the time to commit inconvenient or unruly people. Basically just like, I'm annoyed of this person. Yeah. Hysteria. She's hysteria. It's hysteria. People were coming forward, like, really trying to get her released. She definitely had the public on her side. Like, police were not doing themselves any favors. Meanwhile, the fake Collins boy also admitted that his actual name was Arthur Hutchins and he had taken on the boy's identity to help run away from his stepmother in Iowa. Collins was released after 10 days in the hospital and she filed a lawsuit against the LAPD. She would later win for $10,000, so good for her. But I mean, still her life is awful and she doesn't know where her son is. Pieces of the puzzle finally began to come together that fall. In September of 1928, Sanford Clark's mother, Winifred, Mrs. the Nephew, reported her nephew as kidnapped to American authorities. His sister, Jessie, had become worried after receiving troubling letters from her brother and after her trip to Wineville. What she had found was so disturbing that upon her return to Canada, the family reported the story to a representative at the American consulate there in Canada, who dispatched the Los Angeles police to the chicken ranch. They took Clark into safe custody and heard his horrifying tales. He recounted every rape and murder of the young boys and told them where they were buried. Detectives dug up the blood-soaked soil and found only remnants of the lost Winslow boys, including hair, fingers, and bones, along with an axe and hatchet stained with human and chicken blood. The Winslow boys' library book, Boy Scout badges, and letters were found in the Northcott house, but nothing remained of this poor Collins boy. With their crimes unearthed, Gordon and his mother Sarah Louise fled to Canada, but on September 20th, they were captured in British Columbia and confessed at last to these crimes. Gordon, the son, described killing five boys, and his mother described killing and burying Walter Collins. So that finally got admitted, because that was the Mm. one that was a mystery since they couldn't find him. Um, They would both alternately recant and expand their confessions to up to 20 murders. February 8th, Northcott was convicted of first-degree murder for the Winslow boys and the unidentified Mexican child. He was executed by hanging in October of 1930. Christine Collins was finally able to confront him about her missing son before his hanging. However, he mocked her, claiming to have never touched Walter, um, which was just really sad because she was trying to have this big moment with him before he died. And he was like, I didn't do anything to that kid, this poor woman. Sarah Louise, the mother, was granted mercy because she was a woman, which this is back in 1930, and sentenced to life in San Quentin. However, she received early release and faded into obscurity. Although justice was seemingly served to the Northcots, the families of the abducted boys were given little resolution. Christine Collins did remarry, but she never had another child, and she continued to search for Walter for the rest of her life. Ugh, just breaks my heart. That's so sad. Sanford Clark, the nephew, was deeply scarred by these experiences, but eventually he married as well, and he chose to adopt rather than pass on any genetic line that had produced such monsters in his family before. 
That's so interesting. That's somebody who had trauma, but then, like, became a good person, too. Right. Yeah. I know. It's like sometimes you can get through the trauma and be yeah. fine. And then you just hear of those people who do not deal with it correctly. But, oh, my gosh. Isn't that story just bonkers? That story is so I've crazy. The that. craziest part, I mean, you know, it's horrible. It's horrible that these people were, you know, kidnapping and raping and killing these small boys. But, um... The fact that the LAPD were like, it's your son now. Like, no, are you try him me? out. They were literally, they literally said, try him yeah. out. What? Excuse me? And it's like, she was made out to look like a crazy person. And they threw her in a psychiatric ward because they were annoyed of her. And it just makes me was so sad. Was she not married at the time? I don't think so. I actually didn't have that detail in this, but I don't, I think she had been, but maybe was being a single mother at this time. That's and a then strong, badass woman. I know. She was. And she fought it to the death. And like I said, like, they never found Walter's body. So she searched for him for the rest of her life, even though they had admitted to the murders. Or at least Sarah Louise did. Did they search, like, the whole farm? They searched the whole farm. And I think part of the questioning with Sarah Louise, she may have said there was another location that they moved bodies to and they thought the police were on to them. So, like... He could be in another location, but there just wasn't Never enough evidence been. or not enough of a trace to go Well, and that's the thing. There's not it. like you could, it's not like you can send a metal detector that detects bodies. Right. I mean, I guess you could send like a dog, mm-hmm. but. But they lived on that huge farm and there yeah. were woods behind their farm because be the anywhere. day that the cops came and seized um, Sanford, they like ran into the woods to try and find um, Northcott and his mom, Sarah Louise, and they were nowhere to be found because they had fled to Canada, like starting by running through the woods, so. Were they from Canada? There, like the I mean, that's friend? where the nephew was from. I'm guessing so, because I don't know why else they You'd would think fl- that they would like, go flee south. There. I know. The Mexico is way closer. I know. I don't know why they chose Canada. Don't that is interesting. Don't you find it interesting that all these people and creatures didn't originate in California? That's true. It is true. We're too cool if we're born here. That's true. <laughs> Maybe you're good people. You're yeah, like, you're good yeah, people. Yeah, because El Paso, Texas, I was wrong and then the whole Canada. Time. <laughs> I was wrong. And one we're of my chill. I was wrong. One of my yeah. honorable mentions that I'm not going to read is actually the same. The Toolbox Killer, which he was known in the news as the Toolbox Killer, but it was actually a duo: Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. One was but the tool, one was the box. One was the tool, one was the box. No, just nobody knew it was a duo, and so they called him the Toolbox Killer, but I just wanted to say really quick that Lawrence was born in Pittsburgh, so going Mm -hmm. on this, and Roy was born in Greeley, Colorado. Uh See? Nobody's from here. Too Um, chill to murder. And just to give a summary on them (laughs) so that I'm not talking for eight more hours, they were called the Toolbox Killer because they would drive sharp objects like ice picks or screwdrivers into women's ears. What? Like into their brain to kill them. That's way more disgusting than anything you've said. And they drove... Yeah, that's literally the worst thing that you've said. And they drove a big windowless white van around California and would ask like Uh, young girls like along the beach they'd be like hey wanna hang out with us and they'd like be charming and lure them into their van and then they'd tie them up rape them and stick things in their ears I see those fans every day (laughs) no I do see those fans every single time I see a windowless van I'm like why just get a van with windows next time you see it cover your ears if you have a windowless van and you're not a murderer what the hell are you doing what are you doing you know, what like, if, like, some jolly old man is driving one around? He's like, why doesn't anybody talk to me? No, it's, it's your van. It's your van. No it's one the I think would be next level if you were a murderer with a windowless van. What? If you painted it like it was some kind of fun service. 
Or like topless like, maids. Yeah. Or oh my like, god, what if those topless like, maid vans are just murderers waiting? A murder van. Exactly. Because a white windowless van is really obvious at this point. That's I know. true. Wow, you cliche. hear about people pretending to be like an ice cream truck and it's like, yeah. come here, kids. Like at least put on a front. What? I don't know if that's real. It's in movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've I seen it in a scary movie. I movie once. Ugh, it could be though. I feel like, ooh, so gross. Don't gag. And then also Zodiac Killer and Charles Manson are also from California, which are very easy things to Google. They're very famous. There's movies made about them. Go enjoy. Enjoy it. Lots of killers. What about some haunted places? I got some haunted places. Yeah, Tell us, Rachel, tell us! Um, It seemed only appropriate to start with Winchester Mystery House. Yes, 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 yes. yes. San Jose. We want to go. We want to go. I went there when I was in third or fourth grade. And I actually have a pretty clear memory of it. Uh... So, I don't know if I should tell you about this. I mean, it's not that exciting a story in my trip. I'll tell you about it first so you can understand what I was walking through. Good call. So, there's some fun history along with this. So, Winchester Mystery House. Winchester is their last name. When you think of Winchester, I don't know if you think of firearms. Guns. Yep, it is those people. Guns. So, William Winchester founded Winchester Repeating Arms Company. I think it was 1857, and he supplied a lot of the Henry rifles and other firearms during the Civil War. Okay. Um, and he married this woman named Sarah Pardee in New Haven, Connecticut in 1862. Um, she was supposedly charming and talented. Um, they had a kid about four years into their marriage, but it was born with a debilitating illness known as Marasmus, where the body of the child literally wastes away until eventual death. What? Oh. And I think I read something else. It only lived for 18 months. Oh. And I say I it because that. I don't actually know if it was a boy or girl. Oh, okay. That's so sad. And then, just shy of their 20th wedding anniversary, and like she was really sad, like, yeah, really sad after that. I'm sure. Um, but then some time passes, and around their 20th wedding anniversary, uh, William had pulmonary tuberculosis and died. So she was yeah, truly distraught. But then she inherited a shit ton of money. Yeah. Because, like, not only... his family had Yeah, not so only was much. his company really successful, but he inherited money from his father. So she in, suddenly was a multimillionaire overnight with over $20 million, as well as a 48.9% uh, share of William's family business. Uh, she had an income of around $1,000 a day, which even now sounds like a lot. That sounds like tits. I'd take that. I would yeah. take that in a I'd take $1,000 a week. I'd take $1,000, like, two every two weeks. This is, <laughs> this is 1881. This is great money. Yeah, $1,000 a day. So I anyway, she's super <laughs> emotional and fragile. A friend tells her to seek out a spiritualist in Boston. Mm. Um, and this spiritualist, uh, I've also heard him called, like, a medium. When Sarah finally met with the spiritualist, she was told that the ghost of her husband, William Winchester, was present. The medium relayed to Sarah an important message from William. He is telling me to let you know that there is a terrible curse on your family, and this is the reason for the deaths of both himself and your child. It will soon claim your life, too, unless you do something to stop it. No. This curse is the direct result of the deaths of thousands of people from the creation of the firearms produced by the Winchester Family Company. Twist. And the spirits of the dead now seek vengeance. It's like a curse. Yeah. A curse so on their family So she was told she needed to pack up, sell everything, sell her properties in New Haven, and then go west 
And she journeyed west all the way to San Jose. As west as she could go. As west as she could go. Exactly. So uh, she was told the vengeful spirits, um, they wouldn't rest unless she was building this home. And so one of the tour guides at Winchester Mystery House said that she built, had people doing construction on this house 24 hours a day for 38 years. Wow, what? And she actually lived to be quite old. Yeah, Um, damn. So this house eventually had seven stories. An earthquake took it down to four, which is where it is now. But it eventually ended at 160 rooms spanning 24,000 square feet. There are 47 fireplaces, 40 stairways, six kitchens, and three elevators. What do you mean, why? She's just crazy. But there's so many... (laughs) There's so many, like, weird The curse, parts. of course. It's not like she just kept building this house. Like, the house itself is actually really bizarre. Uh-huh. So there's a bunch of spiderweb windows. Um, there's a doorway to nowhere. So on the second floor, there's a door that opens directly to a drop two stories straight down. Great. Like, why? Who knows? There's a staircase that just goes straight into a ceiling. The number 13 plays a large role. So there's a lot of windows with 13 panes. There are 13 bathrooms with 13 windows in the 13th bathroom. Oh. 13 steps on a lot of the stairways, 13 ceiling panels, and a lot of ceilings. And then her will was even divided into 13 parts. Oh my gosh. And she signed it 13 times. Was 13 a number probably told to her by the medium, or was that? Maybe. Okay. Or maybe like, she, no, was, she was not really just a choice. I know it could have yeah. been it's, her own superstar. It's not really known why. Um, and there's just a bunch of like, just weird Can you imagine oddities. if it was still seven stories tall? Oh, mm-hmm. what a dream. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I want to I walk up to that seventh story. There's <laughs> Stupid a, earthquakes. There's a seance room mm-hmm. uh, located near the center of the house. And per legend, this is where Mrs. Winchester came nightly to communicate with the spirits and receive instructions for designing her house. Mrs. Winchester carried the only key to this room, which features only one entrance but three exits. What? Right? What? Wouldn't it just be four entrances and exits? Who knows? <gasps> Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never Don't know. know. I mean, like, she died in, like, normal old age, but she lived there and kept building for a real long time. So she would just keep adding on uh-huh. constantly. That's so I, cool. I think I read something like she built a room around a room. Just because. Yeah. why not? But that's why you get such weird things, because you keep building that long. You can't just... I know she, yeah, I mean, like the amount of land yeah, that you have would exactly. limit you to how you know, right. and I think much there are do. laws in how tall you yeah. can make a building. Totally, there's zoning so laws. it's like right. But so gosh, also, that's and that's mm-hmm. also why you know, not necessarily. I'm not saying it's not haunted, obviously, but that's also what throws you off when you go to a place like that because, of course, it throws you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like being in a room. The way that you feel when you go in a room with, like, very high ceilings. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're sitting there like, I feel weird. But you do feel different when you're in a room with high ceilings. Or when you're in a room with, like, that's a dome on on top instead of, like, square corners. It brings out a different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The Travel Channel show Ghost Adventures. Oh, yes. They did one on Winchester Mystery House. um, And they recorded thumping, temperature drops. And then they said it was the first time in six years they had to stop filming because one of the guys wasn't acting like himself. 
Oh, yeah. I need to watch this. Movie. I'd watch Ghost Adventures more if they didn't wear so much pleather. Yeah. If they wore less pleather, I would watch more episodes. They did. Or like and I one, feel like that one, didn't happen at the beginning. They grew belt. into that. I yeah. feel like they kind of grew into that weird style. They were trying to be yeah. too cool. If like two, only two of them wore too spiky intense. belts and not mm. like all three of them wore spiky belts, That's I'd fair. watch more. You know what I mean? That's that yeah. happened to the guy on Paranormal State. I forget the name of that Oh, but he went now. like, didn't he go like... I think he actually bonk, went insane, yeah, yeah. But as the show Uh-oh. progressed, he started to wear more leather and like spike up his hair. I was like, Be like you're not like, you. You're not yeah. you. Who are you? Who are you even? Anyways. So it, I, it's like not haunted necessarily, but like she, she was, was haunted more yeah. Yeah. to build this place. And yeah. obviously and she just got the weird vibes. Yeah. Um... And, like, it's weird, like you said, walking through it. Yeah. When I went in fourth grade, it wasn't like it was a ghost or haunted, per yeah. se. But I do remember very specifically my friend and I, we, so it was our two uh, families we went, and I specifically remember tailing the tour guide very closely, and half of that was to be the obnoxious kid, like, what's this? Why that what's happen? That? Tell me Teacher's about this. Bet. <laughs> um but the other half was so that I was close to somebody <laughs> and, like, Smart. knew it and I could be less scared by it if yeah. I could just be asking questions. Yeah, because what that. if you looked at something for too long and then looked around and everyone was gone they just continued on yeah. the tour and now you're lost? Yeah. So I feel you. The tour guide shadow. I got kid knowledge, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do a ton of tours. They do... Friday the 13th tours. I want to go. And for Halloween, they're doing candlelight tours. And <gasps> they just so happen to be doing Halloween candlelight tours. There's a Friday the 13th in, in October. In October this year. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So you could go to San Jose, do a tour at Winchester Mystery House, and go down Hicks Road. Ashley, cancel everything you're doing on October 13th. We're I actually, going. I've already quit my job. I quit my, I do, while you guys were talking, I texted my boss. I was like, <laughs> hey, I quit. I need the whole month of October off. I cannot be distracted by work. Told Alex I'm leaving him just for the month of October. Nice. Yeah. It's fine. Joe's uh, stuff is in the driveway. <laughs> He's not. Um, even more exciting. They're oh. making a movie. Yes. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Famous person. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Yes. <gasps> Famous Sorry. person. I got very excited. I, very just, I just saw a side of Ashley I've that. never seen before. Okay, Helen Mirren. Yes. Yeah, so oh. it says, inspired by true events, Winchester follows the story of firearm heiress Sarah Winchester, Helen Mirren, who is convinced Helen. that she was haunted by the souls killed at the hands of the Winchester repeating rifle after the sudden deaths of her husband and child, which really isn't true. Like, it's just... I mean, they're not next to each other. There was a 16-year gap. Yeah. She threw herself into the 24 hours a day, seven days a week construction of an enormous mansion designed to keep the evil spirits at bay. But when skeptical San Francisco psychiatrist Eric Price is dispatched to the estate to evaluate her state of mind, he discovers that her obsession may not be so insane after all. Ooh. In a world. In a world. And I imagine they, like, why would you build a set? You would just film at Winchester Mystery House. So that's kind of cool. Oh, did they? I don't know. Did I don't know. They recreate. I just wonder if they'd be allowed to. Like, I bet is it you a they historical, would. Like landmark? landmark. That was the only. Yeah. I imagine it is. But maybe but not. Ghost? I guarantee they filmed some of it at Winchester. Yeah. I hope they did. Like that's you just too give cool that to have peak. to rebuild it. When does that movie come out? February. Oh, so oh, far. I'm, I might go see that with you. <gasps> Rage. Don't quote me on that. Lisa, okay, see wait it. for a trailer. Wait for a trailer. Edit we'll that see part what, out. Oh, yeah, we'll see what, I'll edit that out. <laughs> we can't we'll hold it against her. see how scary it is. 
Will you go see uh, it with me? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe we were on a roll. Will you go see the scariest movie of uh, possibly the decade with Zero me? Zero to sixty. Or? I thought we were on a roll with it. All right, it's fine. Lauren, you dream big. Can't fall too that. <laughs> yeah. You're a dreamer. <laughs> Keep dreaming. Thanks, um, girl. There were, I had a bunch of ideas when I started thinking about haunted places in California, actually, and I got really excited. I was like, ooh, there's ghost towns from Gold Rush. There's the Donner Party, and they had to eat each other. Oh, yeah. I got like, many a text message from Rachel during her I research. Really she uh-huh. was pumped. Yeah. I don't well, think I actually found anything about the Donner Party. There are ghost towns, and, like, Death Valley's creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. But I think Whaley House was kind of interesting. So it's in San is. Diego. It's actually California State Historic Landmark. It's allegedly one of the most haunted houses in the U.S., mm-hmm. but it's mostly because of the sheer volume of documentation of paranormal activity. Okay. Which is, like, that's what actually made me excited. I was like, oh, when you actually have, like, these real examples. Yeah, proof. Yeah. Way more interesting. Hard proof. Um, so, again, somebody who did not, or was not born in California... Um, came to California. His name is Thomas Whaley. He came to San Francisco originally from New York during the gold rush in 1849. He became a successful entrepreneur during the gold rush. He was married to a woman named Rachel Pyre, which is kind of a, like, scary last name. Pyre. Pyre. Uh, in San Diego, they built a granary. Granary? Granary? Was it for grain? I, I don't know. <laughs> How's it spelled? Granary. G-R-A-N. Grandma? For grandmas? Oh. For grandmas, yeah. They kept grandmas. Oh, grandmas! That made me <laughs> they murdered them and they haunted them. You could hear their cane the down the <laughs> I heard the cane You could hear this chair making its way up the Sit up straight! The chair. Stand up You smell mothballs everywhere. Yeah, you just smell mothballs. Oh sit, sit up straight. Sit up straight. Your posture's <laughs> terrible. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's awesome. Have you eaten? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Your skin and bones. Uh, so good. Okay. So they end up building this uh, Greek revival style brick residence. Whaley designed it himself. Um, that was 1856. The home was acclaimed as the finest new brick block in Southern California by oh, the cool. San Diego Herald, and it cost $10,000. Fun fact. A man was murdered there before this house was built. Like, on the Okay, murdered is stretching it. He was hung. uh, He was... His name was Yankee Jim. He was convicted of attempted (laughs) grand larceny, and he was hung on the side of the property before the house was built. And Thomas Whaley actually witnessed this, but it didn't deter him. He was like, I still want this plot. Okay. We'll come back to Yankee Jim. Hey, get it, Whaley. There's more there. (gasps) Yankee Jim. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, here's... Okay. So... These are the people who had the 18-month-old child. That other child with the Winchesters, he died young, too. But anyway, they also lost a child very early. The Whaley's? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ended up being so sad, they moved to back to San Francisco, but then there was an earthquake, and they moved back to San Diego in 1868. Those damn earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess during that period, then, there was some hard times. And at this time, daughter Violet wed George T. Bertolacci. Sure. Which proved unbearable. Oh. After a divorce, which caused Violet tremendous humiliation in 1884. Like, that's... You don't get divorced no, in 1884. right, that didn't happen. You get stoned. Yeah. <laughs> and a period of Great Depression monitored by the local physician, 
She attempted to commit suicide in late July of 1885, so the next year, by throwing herself into the cistern, uh, which is a deep well mm-hmm. in their yard. But she was rescued. Uh, but then, uh, three weeks later, she stole her father's pistol and shot herself in the water closet in the backyard. Oh, oh my gosh. She was determined. Mm-hmm. Man. She was ready to go. Uh, then, obviously, they were really distraught. Tragedy made them move out again, but Sue, the son, uh, one of the sons, Francis, eventually came back to restore it, and much of the family actually returned there and stayed there until they died, and it kind of became a place, um, like at different times the house was used for different government purposes. I think there was a, a, a courtroom there and mm. a theater, and then so when they returned, it eventually sort of became like a museum tourist attraction. Right. And, um, so much historical stuff yeah, took place there. Because, right. like, not just government. It wasn't just, like, their house. It was also used for a lot of different things. Yeah. The fun part... I have so many fun parts about this. <laughs> I think this is so interesting, though. The haunting started before Violet committed suicide. You would think, oh, this woman commits suicide. Right. And then weird stuff and starts happening. And then she, like, comes back to haunt. Well, Yankee Jim, the whole family heard Yankee Jim... According to the San Diego Union, soon after the couple and their children moved in, heavy footsteps were heard moving about the house. Whaley described them as sounding as though they were made by the boots of a large man. Finally, he came to the conclusion that these unexplained footfalls were made by Yankee Jim Robinson. Thomas Whaley is reputed to be the first family member to remark upon the heavy disembodied footfalls up on the second floor when no one else was in the house. According to Anna Whaley, there was a presence in the house that sur- surrounded her that she could not shake off. Eventually, Anna regarded the property to be doomed, the cause of all the tragedy in her life. Soon, Francis, or sorry, son Francis Hinton Whaley spent several years restoring their home at the turn of the 20th century. You guys talking about you and had his own otherworldly experiences there. Spending hours alone in the home, he'd close all the shutters and curtains and attempt to communicate with the spirits he believed to be present. Mm-hmm. Lillian Whaley shared the home with boarders in her le- later years, many of whom remarked upon odd occurrences in the structure. She felt the widespread rumors of the hauntings to be both a blessing and a curse. The stories circulating kept vandals away from the property at the same time discouraged renters when she needed the extra income. And then, so like now, flash forward, there are other hauntings. So it's open to the public. You can take tours. So Thomas Whaley has been spotted. The mm. A former curator saw a little girl wave to somebody, and there yeah. was nobody there in the room where she was looking. Cool. That's and fun. that's this fun stuff. I feel like I people who work there now and they have the experiences. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, the like specter that. of daughter Anna Whaley has been spotted by Regis Philbin. <gasps> Regis! Regis! <laughs> I was reading this, I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, Regis Philbin once said, you know, a lot of people poo-poo it because they can't see it, but there was something going on in that house. That sounds a lot like Regis Philbin. I love me some Regis. Yeah. People may poo-poo it. That was terrible. I tried to do that. That was my favorite thing, reading. Yeah, that's good. Uh, tell you fun facts. It is fun facts. I Uh, love that. Other women and children have been spotted because, like I said, there were all these other things that went on. So they think it could be like yeah, it could be people who like were there to see the theater. It could be people who were there Mm -hmm. and like sentenced to death. I think there's people. Something about people, loud shrieks or sounds from theater. I believe it. They've seen animals even. Oh. 
which is interesting. Whoa. Like ghost animals? Yeah. Okay. Or like animals that aren't there. Uh, all the ghosts seem friendly. That's good. And ironically, no Violet Whaley ghost sightings. The one who committed suicide? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. On the property. I would think she'd be like trapped there forever. Like there's nothing about it. That is interesting. Um, and then there's a gallery on their website of viewer submitted ghost photos. And a lot of them are like the spots. There was right. one though I went, oh! The orbs. Where you see oh! like... It looks like little legs coming up out of shoes, and it just disappears. You are no. my grandma. <laughs> and I was like, oh! A picture that made me go, oh, oh no! Oh, Anytime I say something, like, untoward, my grandma goes, oh! <laughs> like, every oh, time. My. Oh. Oh. Uh, good oh. Stuff. oh, my. Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Granny goes. Granny goes. Granny goes. Yes. Um, anyway, that's the Whaley House. It's pretty cool. That's cool. I, I have to go there. It. I'm going to San Diego. Diego. Um, Labor Day Winket. 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 Wink, wink. wink. You should go. Um, oh my gosh. Well, now you have to go. Because there's a ton of history. Like Are you going to be hauntings. super busy while you're there? Or could this be realistic? I mean, it's more like a relaxing thing where it's like, let's not do anything for two days. But, ju- maybe. but just but one. Just like but just one just like thing, one. Please, Joe. Please. I know I put you, all your stuff in the driveway and I'm leaving. this can still be <laughs> relaxing. If you guys want to have a nice date night, you have to go to that restaurant that someone haunted came in restaurant! the bathroom and haunted Oh, my me. God. Never mind. Sorry, I'm, Joe. Plans are rearranging. I went into a San Diego yeah. restaurant and someone joined me in the bathroom. Like, I, know, I saw, you, like, feet underneath and then yeah. I opened the stall door and was like, hello, no one. No. Yeah, I know you want to visit your aunt and uncle who you adore, but I need to see a ghost. Anyway, sorry. Priorities. Priorities. Um, I have one more if we have time. Yeah, please. Always. So I felt like it was really important that we bring in California history. Let's do it. So, and I think there's actually a ton of stories about hauntings after the tragedies of Spanish colonials and what they've done to Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is one example. This is in Lompoc. I apologize if I did not say that correctly. Lompoc. It's between Slo and Santa Barbara. Slow. <laughs> San Luis La Purissima Mission. Uh, it was obviously one of the missions that the Spanish came and created, and I have a description. The Spanish priest, Father President Fermin de las... I don't know how to say that. That was Let me perfectly see. correct. Mm-hmm. Fermin de las... Nope. Lazwin. <laughs> Fermin de lazwin. Nailed it. Fermin de lazwin. Nailed it. That's absolutely how it's pronounced. Yep. There's no question. No we questions. No best. Mm-hmm. I've lived in California my entire life, and I'm so good at pronouncing. <laughs> hey, it's hard. Rancho Cucamonga. What? Where? Yeah, it's weird. Coanga. <laughs> What's that? Coanga. Coanga. Mm-hmm. Sepulveda. That's Sepulveda. how I said it when I first moved here. I did too, and I got fucking reamed. For I got it. ripped. To Rip to shreds. shreds. Sepulveda. What's the street? Oh shit! Now I can't think of what it's called. The street that um birds is on in Hollywood. Franklin. Oh, it's maybe it's not Franklin. Just kidding, because I can pronounce that. I was like, "What are you about to say?" Figueroa. Oh yeah. Mm. What? Oh God. What'd you say? Figueroa or something <laughs> like that. I don't remember. I actually um, probably said that one wrong too. Figueroa. <laughs> that one's real easy. Figueroa. Anyways, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> Alright, so this father founded La Purissima Mission on December 8th, 1787, so we're going way back. The mission was the 11th of 21 Franciscan missions founded in California. 
So during this mission's early years, several founded Chumash were baptized into the Catholic Church. Over a hundred adobe buildings built, a water system developed, crops and livestock grown, so it explodes. Quite a prosperous time for Spain in Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Not so much for the Indians. No, you're well, Catholic also, now. I'm reading Sorry, this. Sorry, you're Catholic. I'm reading this description of this event, and I just realized they said Indians. I don't know if that's appropriate anymore. Oh, uh, no. Americans. I, I think, I mean, you no. should, for the, I think the rule of thumb is always say Native Americans. However, I think if you're reading, like, a historical article and you say Indians, no one's going to be like, what? Because what? It, that's Native what American. they would have said. I'm annoyed by it, because there are real Indians and real Native Americans. You're exactly right. So let's say Native Americans. Native Americans. In addition to the new religious ideals, technology, and customs brought to California, the Spanish also carried a bevy of diseases that indigenous Chumash Indians Native Americans! Damn you, article. Damn article. We're not immune to. Um, so, thousand, during the rapid expansion, thousands of Chumash died from afflictions brought by the Spaniards. There was one 30-day period. Over 120 died from measles alone. Chicken, mm-hmm. plot, chicken pox also claimed hundreds. There are other Native peoples executed under penalty of like new European laws, which don't make sense to them. And then a bunch lost their lives and failed uprisings against Spanish occupation. Uh, The livestock grazing the mission fields ate the meadows. It changed the way the Shumash Shumash hunted and gathered food. So, like, their entire life changed. Uh, So they had to decide between the lesser of two evils. Convert to Catholicism and join the mission or leave the region and try and start a new life. Uh, In 1812, there was a big earthquake. And the quake and its aftershocks and all the rain damaged La Purissima beyond repair. At this time, the mission's leader, a new father, decided to rebuild the mission in its current location, which is four miles northwest of uh, the old it's location. where it stands now. Yeah. Okay. So the new location served as the home to a thousand Chumash converts in addition to the Spanish settlers. It was an entire Catholic community with a church at its center. So, like, this place is large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sounds like then it. there was a rebellion in Mexico around that time, so it made it hard for Spain to control the California region because ships couldn't go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant people had to turn to black markets for food and supplies. And then the Spanish also forced the Chumash to perform hard labor for very little pay. Mm-hmm. Really course. a good surprise, deal. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Really good deal. Good lord. Um, convert to my religion! Now work for and it. work yeah. for me for nothing. In 1822, Mexico won its independence from Spain, and after that, the mission system began to crumble. In 1823, that second father died, and the Spanish lost an important liaison. Like, he was a good connection between Spain and the Chumash. Mm. So then after that, a year later, they rose up against the Spanish and gained control of the mission for about a month. Then their freedom ended when 109 Spanish soldiers marched on them, killing 16 Chumash and wounding a bunch more. Mm. So after that, they knew they had to flee or just deal with it, basically. So by the 1840s, the mission had disbanded completely and drifted into ruin until 1934, when the site became a project for the State of California Division of Beaches and Parks. So it's now uh, run by the state. And it's now a living museum. Interesting. I want to go. Mm-hmm. And as far as hauntings go, like... There's a buttload of them. There wasn't anything at <laughs> that time, 
But obviously, when you have a place that has, I think you guys are talking about this on the Mike podcast. When you have a when place, you have a place that has, that's had so much right, negative energy, right? The energy just, stays. Oh, yeah, the soil. So, like yeah. a lot of people just feel that that just odd. It's just like a bad discomfort, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Or like one is being watched. People have said. And then I found this article in the Lompoc Record. So the cities. Interesting. So longtime park docent Henry has encountered spirits once wearing the soldier's uniform. Uh, Henry recalled, so like he's wearing, it's like the Living Museum. Yeah, so Henry, it's like a reenactment yeah. type thing. Henry recalled, he felt something push or shove me from behind, but when he turned, no one was there. During one 7 a.m. visit to open park buildings for the public, Henry brought along his young granddaughter. In the still morning air, he said, both distinctly, both distinctly heard what he calls a death chance. And the sound so frightened his granddaughter that she will not return to the property, he said. Oh, yeah. And on still another visit, Henry said he saw three young girls perched in the window seat of the quartel. D. Lonin, another docent, has had similar things. She said she's seen for herself that long-standing talk about a ghost who pulls down covers on a neatly made bed inside no, locked you. living quarters. That's my nightmare. Locked living quarters and apparently snuggles in for the night is indeed fact. I went out one night, and I was one of the last people to see the building be closed up and locked. Lonin said, I wanted to be there when they opened the room the next morning. By 7 a.m., I took my dogs out there for a walk, and sure enough, the bed was messed up, just like someone had been under the covers overnight. I would just and cartwheel Like, they thought, like, somebody sneaks in, but, like, it's locked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, there was a guy named Richard Sennett who wrote a book called Ghosts of the Haunted Coast. And he summed up his chapter on La Purisma by noting that the tragedies, battles fought there, left a psychic scar that may not heal for eons. Eons and deons. Yeah, there's just too much bad energy yeah. in that yeah, too place. Much has too many happened people there. died and had like their freedom yeah. taken away. I was going to say, it's also like, just yeah. the mistreatment. It just, it's just yeah. bad energy and, was left. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, like the Native, Native Americans. Americans were extraordinarily yeah. spiritual, too. Totally. So it's like their mistreatment their will, of course, leave a scar. Of course, yeah. If they, like, you know, did one of their rituals to be to curse the land. It's a real thing. Like, that's right. not mm-hmm. just in horror movies. Like, they yeah. did that shit to people. Um, yeah, that just piles on top of uh, also a lot of people dying and torture and mm-hmm. madness. Yeah. Gosh, it's awful. Yeah. Um, I actually have a couple things. Do you guys know about the Battle of Los Angeles? I don't. Okay. Is it a movie? It, it is a movie. They did. Well, yeah. they call, it's called Battle LA, LA. I think. I saw and it, and it has, I don't know if I liked it. It really doesn't have anything to do with this. Okay. But um, kind of the same idea. Kind of. A little bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have you seen, seen that movie? Oh, okay. So. I've seen it. <laughs> I don't think I liked it. it Actually, the first thing I wrote, so we all remember the tragedy that took place in 2011 that was Battle Los Angeles starring Aaron Eckhart and Michelle Rodriguez. There you go. Um, But something like that actually happened in 1942. So it was shortly after Pearl Harbor when Los Angeles residents were woken up at 2 a.m. in the morning, uh, the morning of February 25th, to air raid sirens and anti-aircraft fire. Defense batteries opened up from their bases in Inglewood, Santa Monica, and at least four more South Bay locations that were never pinpointed by newspapers because, yeah. you know, loose, yeah. loose lip sink ships, that yes. whole thing. So shrapnel and a few unexploded shells fell from the sky, smashing into sidewalks, driveways, and even a few homes. 
Miraculously, only five deaths were reported, and those were due to traffic accidents and heart attacks and one murder. So, at this time, in 1942, an unrelated murder. At this time in 1942, the term flying saucer had not been coined yet, but that's exactly what thousands of people reported that the army was shooting at in the sky that night. Uh, Newspapers... Uh, refer continually referred to the invaders as airplanes or blimps, but no one could agree on their size or even the number of targets. Reports range from one object to closer to 50 objects. At 2.25 a.m., a general blackout was ordered and lights began going off from northern L.A. all the way down to the Mexican border. The residents, I know. So these what? people like, even were woken that. up by right. air raid sirens and <sighs> anti-aircraft fire um with a spaceship in the sky like i can't even so residents were urged to stay indoors but many could not resist the show obviously crowded out onto sidewalks and balconies and then there was also the blackout murder one killer took the opportunity to beat a 40 year old woman to death uh in a boarding house so that was unfortunate but Army observers looking at the invaders through binoculars atop a tower in Culver City thought they saw a group of silvery objects through the smoke, and they assumed that they were airplanes. All witnesses agreed that the things came from the northwest, probably the ocean, near Santa Monica, and moved at a leisurely fashion until they disappeared somewhere south of Long Beach. Just before the initial firing started, a woman who has since been identified only as Katie said that she received a call from the local air raid warden at her home near Santa Monica telling her to look out the window and see if she could report anything. And her report was as follows. It was huge. It was just enormous. It was practically right over my house. I had never seen anything like it in my life. It was just hovering there in the sky and barely moving at all. It was a lovely pale orange and just about the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Mm. When the attack began, powerful searchlights lit up the early morning sky, converging on the object or group of objects so that the military could see it clearly to shoot it down. The UFO never changed direction or speed, even with the combined firing of hundreds of anti-aircraft guns, many of which supposedly scored direct hits. The whole thing took about half an hour as the mystery crafts took their sweet-ass time traveling about 20 miles through the sky. The Department of War sent a detailed memo to the president reporting the unidentified flying objects and claimed that the investigation was ongoing, but that came to an abrupt end when, of course, of course, the army claimed it was a weather balloon. Always. A fucking weather balloon. Yeah, I bet. I bet it was. I feel like that's always the case. It's always like weather balloons. Yeah, so this has obviously sparked a million theories about a government cover-up. Jose Escamilla, who is a documentary filmmaker, said, If they can't bring down a weather balloon with over 1,500 rounds of anti-aircraft shrapnel, what are they going to do against a real enemy target? So that's when they decided, the government decided, what are we going to do? What are we going to tell the American people? There's something among us that we can't bring down, that we can't control. We don't know where they're from. We don't know what they're doing here. No, they didn't want to say that. The best thing they could do was to officially deny the existence. So the government stands by their claims to this day that the objects in the sky that the entire Los Angeles military couldn't shoot down was a weather balloon. But the thousands who witnessed the event called bullshit. 
Me too. Years and years after the war, Japanese still attest that they did not have aircraft over U.S. soil at the time of the event. What? What on earth? Like, literally, what on earth or above earth? What? Yeah. Why? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, your face was so pensive just now, Rachel. I'm just thinking, like, all those people. Yeah, we've yeah. seen something I mean, together. Thousands. That's what I find interesting seeing. about supernatural stuff is when there's this many the, people. The math of that mass many of people, people saw it and are reporting it, and they're still like, oh, it's like, and they it's don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a weather balloon. It's like, oh, so we couldn't shoot down a weather balloon? Yeah. We're fucked. Yeah, our military must really suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, so that's, yeah, that's crazy. pretty bonkers. That's one of like, the craziest things. And the, I the, had no idea that happened. Have you seen the picture yeah. from. The Los Angeles Times of no. that happening? No, I didn't okay, even know this existed. They used it for some of the Battle LA posters, which is why I thought everyone's seen it. But it's oh, basically well, just a ton of spotlights going mm. up into this like an old black and, and that white was picture real. And a ton of spotlights. Yeah, I remember Ooh. seeing that picture. Yeah, that's a real what? picture that was in the newspaper. Obviously, they had like enhanced it to make spotlights more. You know. Stand visible? out more in sure. the photo. Yeah, visible in the photo. But um, that's a real picture that was in the newspaper the next day. Holy that's cool. buckets. Space that's crazy. I that. There's so many things I learned. There's so many things I learn every day. I have one more thing. Very quickly. So this is something you guys may not know about Los Angeles. You might because your husband's a weirdo. No truth. <laughs> there are currently over 11 miles of underground tunnels running beneath downtown Los Angeles with several miles still yet to be rediscovered. What? Why? Yeah, and I'm not talking subways. This. I'm talking just random underground tunnels. Why? I guarantee Alex knows about this many, and he's never told reasons. me. So the most well-known tunnel runs between Los Angeles County Hall of Records and Kenneth Hahn Hall of Administration. Uh, you can actually go down. Like, the three of us could go downtown right now. There's a, And go in it? There's a nondescript elevator, and it's right outside. Let's see. It's right behind the Hall of Records. It's an elevator. Right next to the elevator, there is a like poster that tells you the rules and hours of operation, because there's only certain hours that you can go in. There's rules that you have to follow. Like, obviously, you can't smoke down there. You can't. You know what I mean? Like, there's rules. And you could just take this elevator down and walk through these tunnels. It's like I, a way to traverse L.A. I, I what? Why and where and how? True and Detective when. season two actually filmed down there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that season I don't was like garbage. Any of this. No, I would like how. Can, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to go down there. I, I was just going to go down there with like a police escort. Right. Yes. I would that's need like. But if the three reason. of us were just going to go no. down there, like I would. No. Ooh. I would Are there lights faint. down there? Yeah, are there just security cameras? cameras? There are lights. I don't know if there's security cameras. Okay. Are they like the hospital flickering lights? Probably. <laughs> oh, I guarantee. They purposefully, they don't even, it's not even like they run out of juice and they start flickering. They purposefully are like, yeah. can we get some uh, like stroby lights? Can we have the creepiest fucking lights possible. I imagine it looks like the hallway that we see at the beginning of Stranger Things when the doctor's yes, like running yeah, away, like flickering exactly. lights. Guys, like you don't know where to go. Guys, you don't know where if to you go. can't make it to Sam Van, October 13th. Go here. Go to the tunnels. Oh, but can I bring a police officer with me? Do we know any? No. I'll find one. Make friends. Make Make friends. We gotta find one. I'm surprised none of us know. Is there any police officers listening? Not all are jerks, though. I always feel bad. There are so many that suck, but there are some nice. Not in LA. Um, so anyways, (laughs) the... (laughs) Alright, I'm gonna make that (laughs) joke. I'm gonna get some haters. So you can actually go down 
into the tunnels during operating hours. You can actually go down. Anyone. Ashley will go alone. Anybody. <laughs> I've, it's been I've I'm going to send down Joe. Joe. Joe can go down. <gasps> yeah, let's send Joe. He'll be the guinea pig. By himself. <laughs> Bye. So, once down below, an enclosed highway is revealed with passageways wide enough to drive a car through. Although barely traversed these days, these tunnels were once used as a super highway for some crazy town shit. Really? Okay, so one tunnel still runs to Skid Row. It's, it's a bar on Skid Row called King Eddie Saloon, which is located less than a block away from the infamous Cecil hey. the Cecil Hotel. Should we go to that saloon? Yeah, duh. Okay. During Prohibition, the tunnels were used to transport liquor to speakeasies all across the city. Oh, well, I've city. heard this. Yeah. I didn't know they still existed. Yeah, they still exist. You can walk right in them. In the 60s, L.A. County's administrative offices moved from the Hall of Records to the Hall of Administration. Unfortunately, the move occurred right after everyone in the county paid their taxes for the year. So, for the next three months, from midnight to 7 a.m. and under the eye of armed police officers, the county transported $1 billion worth of tax revenue to their new offices through the underground tunnels. Oh, my like that what? Was the God. Safe way- Wait. Yeah, that was the safest way to transport all of this $1 cash. $1 Yeah. Dang. Uh, one of the tunnels, which is now completely closed to the public, which they don't say why, but it's completely closed to the public, Ooh. was used to transport high-profile criminals from their cells to the Hall of Justice. A few notorious mobsters were transported this way in the 50s. Hmm. But the weirdest, and obviously my favorite urban legend about these tunnels, is that they were once home, or possibly still currently home to, no. an entire civilization of lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh if you must. I, they exist, and they're down there. Okay, no so in LA's strangest <laughs> and oldest tunnel, it's almost 6,000 years old. That's the thing. These Whoa. tunnels, the original, the the ones that haven't been rediscovered and repaved and shit, because uh-huh. they're, they're mostly new, the, like, several miles that have not been like, excavated, basically, yeah. are from before, like, our civilization. Oh, so, then I do believe lizard I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know how when archaeologists go excavating, as they do, mm-hmm. they're finding old civilizations under, like, earth that has built up around them. Yeah. So are these tunnels that have always been subterranean? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good question. Do you know question. what I mean? Or yeah. was it, like, a structure that was there? And then... Like, the I guess you rose. can tell yeah. from the way that the tunnel oh, was Oh, that's shaping. a good... Do you know that's what a mean? good question, yeah. Well, I think Maybe the reason that they think they've always been underground is because it seems like the way that they were constructed, <laughs> the reason that they think... Something strange is going on. It's not uh-huh. just some primitive culture. The way that they were constructed, these old 6,000-year-old tunnels, is that it seems that they were constructed by using a chemical agent to make the hole, basically. Oh, okay. Like it was which, burning Yeah. Through. So uh, some sort of chemical agent to use it, which, you know, primitive cultures and, and, and civilizations did not have. Mm-hmm. So they're wondering... How? Were they yeah. super advanced? Were they visited by an advanced, I don't know, alien culture? You know what I mean? Right. So the mystery of the tunnels. And the thing is, they can't really excavate it because it's underneath downtown Los Angeles. Mm. So the amount of revenue you would lose to, ex- like, shut it down to excavate it or, yeah. like, how dangerous it would yeah. be. 
like it could collapse and then you know I'm surprised that it's properties. fine as is. I guess it's they're right? not like necessarily big enough. Yeah, what's yeah. the structural damage? So lizard people in 1934. This is when the kind of like the this the, everything came to light in 1934. Mining engineer G. Warren Shufelt began digging in the middle of the city to look for evidence of the city of lizard people. By the time the New York Times picked up the story, Warren had already dug a 250-foot shaft in search of an underground labyrinth of tunnels that would lead to what he thought was the main room that he believed housed the underground city's records, which is what he was mostly going for. Warren learned about the existence of the lizard people from an old Hopi Indian from Arizona who told him about other tunnels starting from the Pacific Ocean and underneath what is now Los Angeles that the lizard race called home. Now, they say lizard people, but is that just a way to describe them because of the other primitive people? That's how they describe... Like, were they called lizard people because they preferred to live underground? Mm. So, like, cold, you know, like a cold-blooded animal? Were they called lizard people because the tint of their skin was a greenish hue? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Which could be if they never saw sun or totally. something yeah. like if that. they were always underground. Exactly. Or were they called lizard people because they were actually lizard people? Like, that's right. not clear. But there are, I mean, legends and legends and legends dating back forever that this subterranean human civilization lived under Los Angeles, and then they found tunnels under Los Angeles. That's so, so crazy. Uh, Little Greenleaf was his name, and he told Warren the tale of the lost race, claiming that it had nearly been wiped out after a meteor shower rained down on the southwest around 3000 BC. Uh, Arizona's enormous Winslow crater was said to be ground zero of this meteor shower, which you can still visit today. The lizard people constructed 13 subterranean settlements along the Pacific coast to shelter the tribe against future disasters. As the story goes, the lizard people were an especially advanced race who used a chemical solution that melted solid bedrock to bore out the tunnels and rooms of their subsurface shelters. Also, the legend has it that not only did they have the history of their tribe, but they also held tablets that chronicled the origin of humankind and the story of the world back to creation. So this was a huge find, according to this guy. He wanted to find the records that they held in these creepy underground tunnels. So, not only was he granted permission by the county to dig... Oh, wait, first of all, he invented this thing called the radio x-ray. I don't really understand how it works. But he was able to use it around Los Angeles and make a map of the tunnels that he found. And... Uh, it actually spanned 19,000 square feet, this tunnel system. Wow. He also claimed that his radio x-ray was able to pick up on the presence of precious metals, possibly even gold in some of the tunnels. So, not only was he granted permission by the county to dig, he also made a 50-50 deal with the county, Los Angeles County, to split the findings if he found anything. So that's how convinced Los Angeles County was that this what he was saying was real. So experts at the time claimed that he would have had to have dig, uh, dug almost 1,000 feet to even strike the tunnels that haven't been rediscovered. Oh, dang. But Schufeldt and his associates only made it 250 feet after being plagued by bad luck, mudslides, and his dig filling with water. So shortly after the Los Angeles Times published the story, the project suddenly ceased and Schufeldt and his cohorts completely disappeared. 
The whole mysterious event was written off as a hoax and quickly forgotten. However, they are still discovering new passageways and tunnels underneath downtown Los Angeles all the time, completely blocked off either by wreckage, flooding, what could be down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous clairvoyant Edith Eldon Robinson once envisioned, under Los Angeles lay a vast city and mammoth tunnels extending to the seashore. She said that the tunnels had been constructed by a vanished race to protect themselves from danger and to provide access to the sea. This was published, her, her uh, vision was published in the Journal of the American Society for Psychical Research five weeks before the story of Schufeld's excavations even hit the pages of these papers. So the question is, are they still down there? And did they eventually come up to take over the White House? Because that's the only explanation for what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. Truth. (laughs) Being run by lizard people. By crazy lizard people. That's not a bad theory. Not a bad theory at all. So those were two crazy things. I was like, no, we have to discuss this. This Oh, no. Yeah, worth going way over our time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all the time we have. For Keep It Weird. Thank you for coming on. You made it the whole time. I Yay. did. Rachel Wilde, everybody. Thanks she for having did me. It. She didn't even leave. No, I she did. listened I to leave. some brutal murders and she did she all right. She did. Nope. Those ice picks. That was the closest? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you were that squirming. Was, you squirmed a little. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that is horribly Ice pick disgusting. in the ear. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really no. Good. But overall, I was pretty excited. Yeah. yeah you good. were wonderful. Uh, you did so much great research. I love research. <laughs> I love research. That's my favorite part. Uh, totally up to you. Do you want to give out, like, an Instagram handle, or do you have any promotions, or anything that you want to promote on the show? Is it weird if I promote my store that I work at? No! Oh my god, do it. We beat sports Burbank! Burbank! Is that the commercial? <laughs> no. Oh, that would be cool. But I just made it. Fleet Feet Sports Burbank! On Instagram, it's FF Burbank. And then it's Fleet Feet Sports Burbank on uh, Facebook. And Fleet Feet Burbank, no sports.com. All right. Yeah. We sell running them. shoes. It's and running shoes and running, running apparel. Apparel. And gear. It's like the it's good stuff. Sports. It's the good gear. We're a local the business, so you're supporting. Support local. Your local you're economy. You're supporting yeah. local economy, small business. Sorry, yes. people in Fleet another feet. state. Sports. Those are all important things. Yeah. Burbank. Burbank. I forgot Burbank. about the Burbank part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, did it. Yes. There we go. 100%. Thanks, Fleet Feet. Are they going to give us money for that? <laughs> You should ask. Okay, so check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to find out ways that you can donate to the show and get extra goodies like behind-the-scenes photos, videos, a weekly newsletter, and even bonus episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at keepitweirdcast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird, and make sure to join us next week. For an episode on human superpowers, mm. spontaneous combustion, human magnetism, and even telekinesis. Are there real-life X-Men living among us? We will also have a very, very special announcement next week, so make sure you tune in. Uh, Rachel, what's our sign-off this week? Mm. If I can do it, you can do it. Oh, oh I like that. that. If I can survive, you can survive. That's so cute. <laughs> She's telling people that we all have the ability inside. We all have the ability inside. Rachel was a good one. That was so sweet. (laughs) If I can do it, you You can can do it. it. And keep it weird. That was so sweet. You didn't even panic. Yeah.
I'm so no, proud of you. Normally we say, what's our sign-off? The guest is like, oh, Mic check. One, Why does two, it look one, so two. tiny? It does look so tiny. I mean, it's probably because it's so... We haven't really, like, right. shouted or anything, though. That's so true. It, it wouldn't have, like, Ca-caw! a big... Caw-caw! Caw-caw! There you go. There you got goes. a bigger spike. <laughs> ah! But I also... Yeah, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for the day sense. where we're, like, so rich and we can have a microphone for each of us. I know, and, and like, little headphones. Easier for me. <laughs> but well, until no, we've then... Made it when we have headphones and we each have our own mic, that's when, like, we're doing well. Yeah, that's when... Yeah. I believe in you.